Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 91 and it is Tuesday, September 26th, 2017. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good, everybody? Yes, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are on the road to episode 100, and joining us tonight is uh, creator of Hellion and uh, comic book artist Jim Savard. How you doing? Thanks well, for having me. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Uh, it's you been a long time. It has been. It's been two years. Yeah. It has not been that long. It has been. Jesus. Yeah, it was uh, one of our early episodes. It was actually um, September 2015. We, we actually... Uh, did it? Did our our original episode at Rock Hoko's at the old location? Yeah, I remember that night very well. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool. Yeah, so you know, welcome back on the show. Uh, we've got some a bunch of bunch of comic related stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, stuff we've been reading, graphic novels, whatnot, just all that other nerd greatness that you uh, know and love so much. Um, yeah, just uh, real quick, Carl, uh, what have you been up to? Okay, well, um, I hung out with, you know, some of the fellas. Yeah, it wasn't quite Freddy Cup, but we just kind of, like, just got together to play video games and talk shit to each other and drink beer. Mm -hmm. So, and we started playing the new uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite okay. game that came out. And uh, I like it. All right. Lots of fun. It's just, it's um, two on two, mm -hmm. like, you know, the old, um, was it X-Men? No, X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Yeah, that was two on two. So it was like you know, more of the you know the original classic uh, X Men versus Street Fighter games that were out, and mm. um, yeah, like I've, I'm liking some of the newer characters. Um, Chris Redfield's good, um, Gamora, Doctor Strange. I actually was able to work very well with Doctor Strange. Okay. So I was very curious to, to see how um, how he was doing, and I do want to see Black Panther. I believe he's in the game, but I just think he's one going to be like a, a DLC that's coming on later on. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we had a we had a blast playing that. So um, I, that's actually something I do recommend uh, getting. I actually plan on getting it one day. Okay. <laughs> I do got a birthday coming up, so. Ah, nice. That's a hint for everybody else. That out there. sure is. <laughs> that sure is. Right. So, um, yeah, we got down to that. And then I started reading. I wanted to finish by the time I got here. Um, Alters by uh, Paul Jenkins is one of the book, comic books I read when, that I picked up when, um, when we did our on-the-spot um, on Codexia episode. Yep. Thanks to Jim. He helped, he helped put that together. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, yeah, I li I'm liking what I'm reading so far. I'm really upset that I haven't got a chance to finish it and give so I can be able to give a full, full review. But I'll definitely do that next week. But um, I do li I do like it. It's somehow it's reminiscent of like X Men, a little Inhumans, mm -hmm. I guess. Well, which X Men pretty much is Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, but sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of. But I mean. But so far, so far, I do like what I'm reading. So, um, like I said, next week when I'm finished, I will definitely give a full, full review. And um, I'll wait till you get to that. What up, what you been up to? Uh, I've been up to a couple of things. Um, uh, this past Sunday, I watched uh, WWE's No Mercy uh, event, their pay per view, and um, it was for the most part, it was enjoyable. Um, there were there weren't any there weren't any new title changes or anything save for one, which I'll get into in a second. Um, the main event was uh, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, who's the new uh, monster among men, the beast. 
uh, Beast versus the Beast, and um, it was it was a it was a solid match. Um, although um, it did end rather anticlimactically, where you had Strowman hit uh, Lesnar with a bunch of power moves at the beginning, but a bunch of power slams, and then Lesnar hits one F five and pins him one two three. That was it. Man, that was it. No kick out, just Nothing. finito. That was it. Yeah, which doesn't really make Strowman uh, seem the as strong as they're building him up to be, but. Uh, it's it's clear that it's clear what WWE is trying to do. Like they're trying to make him push Lesnar as like the one of the two, one of two main eventers for next year's WrestleMania, and that bleeds into the other match, uh, which was uh, John Cena versus Roman Reigns, um, uh, which was interesting because John Cena has been you know showing up Roman Reigns on the microphone for three weeks straight, calling him out, calling him a corporately created John Cena bootleg. Uh, making him look like a total fool on, on the promos. In many ways, he did. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the match itself was fine. It wasn't spectacular. Um, it, there were there were two two uh, power two spots where uh, um, John Cena tried to hit the AA on on Roman Reigns on the on the uh, announce tables outside. Roman Reigns countered that into a spear, in which uh, Reigns kind of overshot. He actually speared Cena and landed on his own head. On, uh, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. I got a good laugh at that. Yeah, uh, I woke up at that very moment. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, I was, I was coming off an overnight watching it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm watching it, and then I'm just caught. I'm, I woke up like right at that moment. I'm like, okay, here we go, another spear. Oh, that was yeah. his head. Yeah, uh, it was kind of a botch, but uh, he managed to uh, finish the match. Um, Cena hit him with Cena hit Reigns with four uh, attitude adjustments. Reigns kicked out out of all of them. Uh, then Reigns hit him with a Superman punch, one well-placed spear, and pinned him one, two, three. And um, and since Cena, he's taking time off to to film the unfortunate Transformers Bumblebee spinoff, uh, which <laughs> that's what he's doing. <laughs> yep, that's what he's doing with his time off. Oh man, what John a Cena's to... going Hollywood, folks. His wrestling days might be coming to an end. Yeah, yeah. What a, oh, what a yeah. way to piss Victor off. Unless. The bumblebee sting hurts him, and that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, it's funny. It's like it comes full circle because Cena called out The Rock for going Hollywood and being a part timer, and Cena's doing the same thing right now. And you know, Cena said that you know, well, he does. He's he's forty. You know, he knows he can't do it forever, and he doesn't want to be one of those veterans that doesn't know when to quit. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how he, how they'll, you know, gracefully kind of move Cena out of the limelight. Um, there was also a tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Titles with the cha- current champions Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins uh, versus uh, defending against Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, that was a hard-hitting match. Um, there was one very nasty spot uh, where uh, I think a- Ambrose slingshotted Cesaro uh, into the turnbuckles, but Cesaro actually overshot the top turnbuckle, turnbuckle and his teeth smashed right into the steel uh, post, and his teeth were smashed in, and he was just gushing red throughout the rest of the match. Yeah, I saw pictures of that. His his mouth is not in a good good place right now. Hmm. He'll be uh, definitely getting some dental work done. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, oh, but he's still smiling. Yeah, he is. And um and I don't think uh, I don't think uh, uh WWE wrestlers have health insurance or dental, so that's gonna be really mm. expensive. Pretty sure they do. No, for the mm. longest time they did. I don't know if they've changed, but for the longest time they did never had it, and that was one of the biggest issues they're all insured by like lloyds of london and stuff like that well mm. i knew that i knew they never had a union yeah they still don't unfortunately no nah. because nah, yeah. bret has been bret has been like fighting for that for years yeah it was a whole independent contractor thing 
because otherwise they'd, they'd have to be they'd have to get a sports license like boxing, and Vince doesn't want to do that. Uh, but uh, Ambrose and uh, uh, Rollins retained a solid match. Although feel bad for Cesaro because that was a nasty botch. Um, I would say that the the best match of the night was the women's match, the Fatal Five Way for the Raw Women's Title. Uh, Alexa Bliss, the current champion, defending against Nia Jax, uh, Emma, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Um, Nia Jax, she's actually been she actually stepped up her game uh, quite a bit in, in this match. You know, I've been kind of down on her because because uh, you know she's she's just big and imposing, but she's rather limited and she's not exactly the most charismatic athlete uh but she's actually been stepping it up bit by bit and i hope that uh, she'll get better and better as the weeks go on i like naya i know you do uh, she has that dominant pre- she has that dominant presence i mean she can only improve oh, yeah, at this she, point yeah she could but um she she has a ways to go before she's like piper niven you know from the may young classic yeah it's true yeah um but alexa bliss retained and um that was cool uh but the the most controversial and the the worst the worst title change of the night the one and only title change of of no mercy was the cruiserweight championship where the the champion neville defended against enzo amore and uh for those who don't know enzo amore has great mice skills but he's a terrible wrestler and he's actually uh legitimately one of the most unlikable and, and disliked uh personalities in the backstage uh, uh culture of the wwe and apparently, like, his on-screen persona is pretty much how he is in real life 24-7. So you can imagine how irritating he actually is. Uh, the match was, the match flat out sucked. It was, it was definitely one of the worst matches I've seen all year. And, like, it was extremely slow. It was plodding. Um, uh, Neville dominated most of it. He was just toying with Enzo throughout the most of the match, um, 90% of it. And then there was, like, towards the end, Enzo rolled out of the ring, and he grabbed Neville's Cruiserweight Championship. And at, all the while, the referee was counting him out. But for some reason, the referee stopped the count because Enzo, because uh, Neville was, like, uh, you know, throwing a fit about that Neville was touching his, that Enzo was touching his title. So Enzo, like a heel, rolls back into the ring with the, cha- with the championship, threatening to hit him with it. And then uh, the referee takes the belt from Enzo, and as he turns around to put it away, Enzo just kicks Neville in the, in the groin. Balls, yeah. Kicks him in the in the groin, pins him one two three, and your new champion is Enzo Amore. So the cruiserweight championship rest in peace. The uh, cruiserweights were pissed, like they immediately went on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like I had to check. Like somebody posted somebody posted him like in a meme form, so I had to like double check. Yeah, I went on all their personal twitters and. It was true. Everything that they said was completely legit. Like Mustafa mm-hmm. Ali just tweeted patience. Um, a lot of people were just like saying, save us TJP, save us Cedric. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, none of them were happy about that. Yeah, the the Cruiserweight Championship, I mean, the, the whole Cruiserweight division, like ever since they got made, got to the main roster after the last year's, last summer's Cruiserweight Classic Tournament, which was really good. Very good. I still the, say that was the best tournament. Absolutely. Like, but when they moved to the, when they moved to Raw, it was like a zombie. And then Enzo Amore's title win was like the bullet in the zombie's head. That was basically it. Um, it, it the, the, the belt is a joke. The division is a joke. You, and, it's, and it's sad to say it's because... Not, no, it's not no, no, a, no, no. It's, it's, a, it, it's very good. It's just poorly executed right now. Exactly. The, all, all they need to do is just like put it on a Thursday night, have it filmed at full sale with a much more... with a crowd that would appreciate it. And 205 Live will be be just as good as NXT. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's exactly what they should do. But it's like, because you, you have a bunch of athletes in their prime and they're, be, and they're wasting away. 
on the on the roster with with nothing matches. They have great matches actually. They have really good matches. I don't know what you're watching. I haven't seen a great cruiserweight I've match. I've seen plenty of good matches. Yeah. Well, that's historically the WWE though. Vince doesn't like his boys small. He likes Never them did. big. Never mm-hmm. did. And he has no appreciation for the high flyers. Mm. And that's why you ended up with people like Jeff Hardy, you know, wrestling all these bigger guys and well, you know, Rey Mysterio up against these big guys because you know, he he saw the the talent, but he didn't mm-hmm. want them competing against people his own their own size, so let's move them to the to the bigger guys. And he should mm. learn because all the all the small guys that he's taking chances with, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They Eddie Guerrero, they were all big hits. They were great rep. They were great. They're all Hall of Famers. Absolutely. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. I I'm I'm partial. I'd probably say he's probably the greatest wrestler of all time. I'm an Undertaker mm-hmm. fan, so I'm on, biased. On the, I, I love The Undertaker. He's my favorite wrestler. But mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels had it all. He had the he mic did. skill. He had the talent. He mm-hmm. did the high stuff. He'd get into fights. I mean, he was just all around every aspect of wrestling, the showman. He was mm-hmm. he was better than Hogan. And oh, yeah. The only one that might be is Bret Hart. The two of them I keep teetering back and forth. Um, yeah, because who else could pull off a 60-man Iron Man match one-on-one with one pin. Mm. Yeah, that's right. They went to sudden death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, without a doubt, I, I absolutely agree. Like, Shawn Michaels has to be probably the greatest uh, professional wrestler of all time because even at the end of his career, like, when he was older, he still was on that same level ability-wise. Oh, yeah. I, I, I watched a match recently, recently on the network with him against Shelton Benjamin on Raw. Yeah, that was a good match. It was just match. on Raw, a dead-ass regular match on Raw, and they mm-hmm. killed it. Yeah, absolutely. That was a match of the year contender. Uh, so, yeah, um, so yeah, I wasn't wasn't a fan of uh, uh, Enzo Amore's uh, Cruiserweight title win, although uh, uh, last night's episode of Raw did end with the Cruiserweights, uh, with Enzo talking a bunch of smack on the microphone, uh, just straight up uh, burying the rest of the roster. Heel, making it a heel turn. They're, take, they're oh. trying to take that into us. They're... Turning that into an angle, yeah, they're turning it into they're, they're turning it into an angle. Like they are open with the fact that Enzo cannot wrestle. In fact, Enzo has admitted as much, more or less, that he cannot wrestle. He just has a gift of gab, and that's why he has a, has a job. And uh, and the Raw ended with Neville. He was about to attack Enzo, but then Enzo, cow- like a coward, showed him a piece of paper saying that, well, with this stipulation that, that Kurt Angle, the GM, signed, if you lay your hands on me, you will never get another shot at this cruiserweight championship again. So Neville paused for a moment. He turned around and looked at the, looked at the stage where all the cruiserweights were, were lined up. He turned around and looked at, at Enzo again and pummeled him to smithereens. And then he left uh, Enzo uh, to fend for himself when, as, a cruise, as the rest of the cruiserweights surrounded him. So now they're going to turn that whole thing into an angle to see if the cruiserweight division can be redeemed or if Enzo will continue to make it as a joke as it keeps going no, on. No, I think what it is because, okay, as much as that everybody can't stand Enzo, mm-hmm. he still sells. That's the thing. And guess what? People will start watching mm-hmm. 205 Live just to see him get his ass whooped now. Yeah, but it's like a catch-22. It's like because the longer he holds the championship, the less credible it is. And mind you, the belt has, has little credibility now as it is, but considering, as you know, considering how poorly booked the division is. I don't know. I don't know. It could change. It could change. I'm optimistic. Mm. It could change. I want to interject with uh, the Honky Tonk Man. I was mm. around when he came out. There you go. Man, mm. did he suck ass. He was <laughs> horrible, lame gimmick, just mm. awful. 
and he held that, and it was the Intercontinental title. Yeah. And longest you know, reign, longest reigning Intercontinental. And at that point, it was it was kind of fizzling out, and no one had interest in it. Mm-hmm. And you just hated him, and every time he got beat, you loved it. So mm-hmm. maybe Enzo is just holding it till they can come up with a cruiserweight mm-hmm. that's gonna you know, you know, get the interest, and then you know maybe he's just babysitting it for a couple months. Mm. That's how you got to kind of look at it. He's just like a placeholder for now. No, oh, that's a good point. Get his butt whooped and then get some interest and then boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. that's what happened. That's what happened, and that's exactly what happened. This is literally could be history repeating itself. Oh yeah. Because then what happened with Honky Tonk's reign? Yeah, the Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior, Warrior came and yep. ended it in like four seconds. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Which was an obvious. Which was, it was an a faster average. match than then Daniel Bryan getting his butt whipped by uh, Sheamus. Sheamus, which was. Awesome mm-hmm. in itself. I, rem- I remember that. I remember yeah. watching it, and I was text. I was texting my cousin, and she was like, she was telling me, text me everybody, what ha- every everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. Sheamus won. Yep. That was literally <laughs> what was it. Yeah, and and that squash actually elevated Daniel Bryan. It to did. Like higher it heights. did. Yeah. So I'm saying this could this could this could project the two two or five live. It could project the whole division. Well. Let's hope so, because like I said, it's it's been shambling like a zombie since it started post Cruiserweight Classic. So, you know, fingers crossed. But you know, Vince. But you know, as you know, Vince McMahon. It will be Vince McMahon when it's in terms of booking. So, you know, you don't wanna you don't hold your breath too long. So yeah, I'm optimistic. Yeah, uh, to a fault. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, that's that was my take on 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 uh, No Mercy. And uh, and a real quick uh, movie recommendation uh, to check out. Uh, check out The Big Sick. Uh, it's a really good uh, romantic comedy movie starring uh, Kumail Nanjiani, a stand-up comedian, and uh, it was co-written by uh, with him and Emily Gordon, who was his real-life uh, girlfriend. I think I think they're married, real-life wife now, I believe. Um, and it's a whole story about their their relationship and how they came to be. And um, Kumail Nanjani plays a version of himself, um, and uh, he's a stand-up comedian trying to make it. And he's trying to make. He's also uh, trying to create this one-man show about his life, but it co- turns out to be really dry and you know not well received. And um, and he's and he's of, of Pakistani background, and so his family they're trying to set him up with an arranged marriage with with potential women. So he has a he has a whole box cigar box full of photos of women that his mom's trying to hook him up with. And so and so his um and so one so one day uh, during one of his sets he meets uh this this woman Emily and they hit it off. They actually have a good chemistry, and then um until you know one day where she falls into a coma, and. Uh, and and it's up to, and Kumail has to deal with like you know her parents as well and their whole trying to trying to get to know them in a, in a very t- trying situation. It's a really it's a really cool movie. It's based on based on his real life relationship and it's like um, it's like an autobiographical type type film and it's actually very funny. Um, lots of very well written. Lots of really good one liners and zingers here and there. Um, it's it's available on on Blu-ray right now. So if you're at a Redbox, I recommend checking it out. The Big Sick. Really fun movie. All right. Yeah, feel-good movie. See, I watch feel-good movies. For once. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, this is good. Have you heard his track record? No. You don't want to. No, he, it's, it's an exaggeration. They're saying that... Uh, it is not an exaggeration. They, they, like, 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 Carl, like Carl Cl- and, and a few friends of ours claim that, you know, my taste in film art is too dark or, you know, too depressing, which I, I don't see why. Cannibalistic Holocaust. I've never seen Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Did you see Green Inferno? Yeah. 
No, I haven't seen that. I own Green Inferno, and it doesn't get much more. Uh, Oh, that's it's creepy than that. I mean, that's just look at your oh, face right now. You are like <laughs> Eli Roth, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And look at your face right now. You're like lighting up as he's telling you about this. You know, it's about uh, cannibalism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look at you. When, you, when you start seeing the little kids getting into it, it's kind of like oh, that that yeah, creepy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely creepy. Okay. Well, I I may I'll answer to check that out. Uh, Your grin. I haven't seen you grin this much since we were two weeks away from episode seven. Episode seven. Carl's all excited about episode seven, man. He's been talking about that all morning or (laughs) night, I should say. (laughs) No, I'm gonna see it for the sake of the podcast. Yeah. Well, you mean episode eight? Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. But he was talking about seven earlier. Ah. Okay. Yeah. About how how excited Mm. he was. Oh yes. Episode seven. He had a countdown. Mm Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've been up to, and some other comics and whatnot. Um, Jim, talk to us. What have you been up to? What's been going on in the world of uh, Jim Savard? World of Jim Savard, yes. Well, um, surgery, mm-hmm. rotator cuff surgery. So um, I've got a lot of free time to uh, try and heal. Hmm. Um, Ouch. Yes, uh, you saw the big sling I'm wearing. Well, not, <laughs> not a fun, fun thing, but it is what it is. Hmm. Um, Hellion has got four issues out. Yep. We are um, got him. waiting for number five. The artist, Philip Hudson, his girlfriend recently had a baby. Oh, and congratulations. And kind of slowed things down a little, but it is what it is, and uh, we'll, be, we'll get that ball rolling. The script for six is almost done, mm. and then that series is done um, with potential for more. Um, I, I have left a few doors open and some ideas. I could probably have two more miniseries come out of it. Mm. So um, one would be like three issues, and the other one would be five or six. Okay. But uh, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens and how things go with that. Mm. Um, I'm also working with uh, Hellion colorist on issue two, Joe Medeiros. Mm-hmm. Joe's a friend of mine. He lives in Milford, Massachusetts. Mm. I met him through Rubber Chicken Comics in Bellingham, which is Massachusetts' home of Hellion. And Joe contacted me and asked me if I'd be willing to uh, write a story for him. Okay. So he came up with some characters and said, can you come by the shop and I want to talk to you about it. Mm. Joe is a huge Sergio Argonis fan. Mm. Sergio writes Gru, for those of you who aren't familiar with him. Um, And Joe, he is a huge inspiration to Joe. So Joe had this idea in his head, and it's called The Pirates of Dilfram. Mm. And it has... um, it's, it's basically he wants it to be kind of like Gru, kind of a comedy. So I kind of said, you know, I, I write horror. And he mm. just kind of smiled and goes, yeah, it's going to be great, isn't it? Mm. So uh, I've been kind of watching some Pirates of the Caribbean and trying to get my hands on pirate movies to get, you know, the, the slapstick comedy of a pirate and then some of the serious stuff yeah. and, and see where we can roll with that. But I'm going to start writing that in the next couple of weeks. Okay. So that's, that's where the comic situation is. There you go. I'm sure you can recommend like some more pirate movies. I know Sinbad's probably the first. That's the first one I can come to mind. I have the Sinbad, Sinbad. TV series on DVD. Mm. Wow, that was that's going back. It was two seasons. I have the first one. The second mm. one they didn't couldn't find it on DVD. But yeah. it's a fun fun. Bret Hart is in that first series. Oh wow! <laughs> so there's a shout out for your wrestling. Okay. He, he meant he mentioned that in his book. 
Mm. Yep. He did mention it. I've completely mm. forgot all about that. He was flat in it too. It was kind of no. like really. But Brett was never really much of a mic guy. No. Mm. He was. He left it all to the, the ring. Mm-hmm. Let that talk for itself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of thinking of other pirate shows. Um, there was an animated show that I remember, Pirates of the Dark Water. I don't know if you guys remember that. No. Yeah, it was, it was it was from like the mid '90s. It was it was pretty short lived. There was like a Super Nintendo game based on it. I came dumb. Yeah, it was. Like, I'm a child in the '90s. You always say that, Carl. And you know what it is because I know Aris watches mm-hmm. and it pisses him off every time. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like a sci-fi swashbuckling type okay. type deal. Yeah. Did it yeah. last longer than Homeboys in Outer Space? Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> it actually had a full season. Nice. Okay. Nice and uh, and and speaking of horror, like um, are there any were there any uh, horror films that you've seen recently, both new and new and old? That you uh, I saw it. Okay. Nice. Okay, well, I haven't seen it, and I've listened to a podcast, and it completely spoiled it for me. So I'm I'm and I'm actually kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. The uh, Victor gave his thoughts, and he absolutely loved it. Now, you're a horror guy. Yes, you, I am. You've mm-hmm. always been you always been one. What What was your thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Um. I got into horror at a very young age, like six or seven years old. Um, yeah, so you ca- Carrie, it. Carrie was the first movie, Sissy Spacex Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get scared is kind of a, a difficult thing for me. Mm. So now it's I, I shoot for that creepy, eerie kind of like, you know, that feeling in your stomach. I don't, I don't get scared or startled. I don't like that little cheap little out of the shadows and scare you type thing oh jump scares yeah that's yeah. that's like haunted house stuff mm. i like that really like you feel ominous and and doom and stuff like this mm. um it was um creepy that they, they nailed pennywise i mm. thought the clown was was perfect the way it moved because um, mm. it, it almost had that puppet contortion moving when it was doing its little dance and stuff it was just yeah you looking at it and you're like for people who hate clowns this might might have sent them over the deep edge because <laughs> it was it was really really creepy mm. um it wasn't over the top horrible but it mm. was it had its moments and it was it was definitely um a good take and uh i look forward to the second one coming out oh yeah yeah cuz yeah. this is a, this actually leads to another question that i have since we talked about the remakes of it now with all the recent reboots and remakes doing going on do you feel like there's like a lack of originality have you noticed how many movies and tv shows are based on comic books mm. think about that most of the tv shows there's one on every night we got the walking dead we got uh flash arrow gotham lucifer uh what else am i forgetting uh, gifted, gifted. Yeah, that's coming out. That that looks real good, actually. There's mm. there's so many people laugh, you know, comic books this and comic books, that, but like comic books are like dominating everything. Mm. Movie theaters, I mean, there are comic book movies that people don't even know are comic book movies. Mm. Atomic Blonde. Then there's Whiteout, which came out many years ago. That was mm. one. I don't think people realize Viva Vendetta, comic book Correct. movie. Mm. I mean, there's so many movies that are based on comics that people don't even realize. So um, lack of originality, yes. I think there are some movies that should be remade mm. just because, like I, I always use Logan's Run for an example. Okay. That mm. movie's brilliant. It's a great story shot in the 70s. I think with technology today, it would take that movie to, to a new place. And mm. it's not, it's, it wouldn't be a, 
like, oh, it was out 10 years ago, let's remake it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's 40 yeah. years. You yeah. can make a good remake of it. Mm-hmm. But you're, I definitely agree that creativity seems to be taking a back door. Let's ride someone else's coattails and make money off of it. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think that the, and that reminds me with, with Logan's run, I think that the closest example of a remake per se would be Michael Bay's movie The Island, if you remember that. Yep. Yeah, with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson had that similar premise. Right. Yeah. Um, also, too, like with uh, with comic book movies nowadays, a, a lot of people have, have drawn parallels between that and westerns from like in the fifties and sixties, where there was like a oversaturation of western films. Yeah. And nowadays, like comic books, you can is is, is, is the same thing. It's funny degree. you say the westerns because I just recently watched the new Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I Denzel Washington. I thought it was fun. Okay. Just, just fun for the sake of being fun. But mm-hmm. I liked the characters. They were all enjoyable. And it was kind of like the villain could have been a little more a better actor. Mm-hmm. But the movie was fun. So. Okay. Now, which nice. re- now, which reboot would you like to see? Well, I, Logan's run. But um, other than that, let's see. Christine. Stephen King's Christine. Well, John Carpenter's Christine. Oh, okay. I think um, that movie was great. I think they could nail it again. I, I mm. think... Uh, that would be one just to make it just to, you know. Yeah, I actually heard there's another uh, Stephen King movie like in the works being in the works to be remade. Mm. Um, the name's like really escaping me right now, and I, I saw it and I actually thought of you. I, I thought of you and wanted mm. to know what your thoughts of it, but I just really can't think about it. Maybe I think I think I did mm. post it a while ago. No. Well, did you hear about the remake of Flatliners? Yeah, I was kind of like. Did I see that with you, the preview with you, when we were seeing Atomic Blonde? Yeah, I think so. It was one of the I, trailers. Now, the original movie, Flatline, is, to me, is never needed to be redone. Right. It's timely. It doesn't, It like, it just didn't need it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, wow, they're redoing this. Like, of all the movies you could redo, you're going to redo one that is so epic. Mm-hmm. I mean, what goes on in that with, you know, Julia Roberts and Kevin Bacon and Kiefer Sutherland was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And... To redo it, I'm like, well, kind of almost takes away from the original one, because mm. it it didn't need to be. So it's like redoing Jaws. Yeah. You don't need to redo Jaws. Jaws mm. is perfect. Mm-hmm. Just leave it the way it is, even down to yeah. the bad outfits the guys are wearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like that. Like there are certain movies that don't need to be remade because they're so timeless. Uh, like I remember there was a rumor like about uh, ten years ago that Madonna wanted to remake Casablanca. And no, she, and she and she wanted to cast herself and Ashton Kutcher in the Humphrey Bogart role, and thankfully that never got off the ground. <laughs> but really? Yeah, Casablanca of all movies. That was a that was a rumor back in, back then. Uh, like yeah. how long ago? It was like 2005 or 2006 or so. Like I remember, I remember okay. reading it online somewhere. Ashton Kutcher, was that even dirt? dirt? I, no, I would say during Two and a Half Men days. Was he on Two and a Half Men? Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. He was? Yeah, after Charlie yeah, he was Charlie Sheen's replacement. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I didn't watch the show, so yeah. Maybe she talked to Madonna and heard good things about him, so <laughs> I mean Demi Moore, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> Madonna talked to Demi Moore. That's it. Mm. Yeah. And uh and with uh and with horror movies, um like what's 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 a horror movie that you would like to see that hasn't been, has yet to get an on-screen adaptation like any other like piece of fiction, a novel, or even a graphic novel? Well, um, I'm partial to Clive Barker, mm-hmm. so anything by him that's not out. Uh, he's got a great book called The Thief of Always, mm-hmm. which is um, 
supposed to be a fable for children, but uh, unless your child's like 14 or 15. Pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. You think? We no, that's what I had oh. to. I had to look it up. Somebody, um, the same guy who directed this remake of it, yeah, wants to redo Pet Cemetery. Oh, nice. okay. So you saw. Get, get, we'll get back to Clive Barker in a second. So you yeah. saw it. Yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna try not to ruin anything for people, but mm. the scene when they're in the town, mm. and in the backdrop they look and there's a clown on the stage. Yeah. Is that the actual guy who plays? I think it is. No, nah, he looks Skarsgård. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's somebody, dif- somebody different. See, I thought it was him because mm. I saw a picture of him before because I was curious what this guy looked like, mm-hmm. and I saw it. And I saw it twice, and and I was like, I think that's him. Like I, I don't know, but it just seemed like it kind of, because mm. he looked at them with that creepy look. Yeah, that's why it's when um the kid with the glasses turns around and looks at him. That's mm-hmm. why I was thinking it was him. But, mm. but getting back to Clive Barker. Uh, he's got a great story uh, called The Yattering and Jack. Mm-hmm. And um, it would be almost like one of those Tales from the Crypt or um, Tales from the Dark Side. One of those. Oh. It would be a short, like you put a couple of them, but it's about this guy and his having Thanksgiving dinner and his, um, his wife kind of sold her soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. But when she died, she died in a pre-som, so her soul didn't go to the devil so the devil's kind of ticked off so he sends this demon to harass this guy oh. mm. and it's at Thanksgiving and it is it is awesome it's a fun fun story I don't want to ruin it for anybody if you have a chance to read it The Yattering and Jack by Clive Barker okay. it's in his Books of Blood um, it's either volume 1, 2 or 3 but it, it's a fun read and that would be like a great if you put it with like another one or two of his short stories for mm. a trilogy it would be it would be great I don't oh. know if they could drag it out for 90 minutes mm-hmm. maybe be a good TV movie but it would definitely be something worth worth seeing. Okay, great, nice. Um, oh. Now nowadays, do these re- do these uh, reboots seem disappointing to you? Some, I mean, uh, we carry. We'll use that again. Mm. I know you. I some told me that you hated that. I did because you know what? Mm. I think the first one. And it, it is the first. Like I said, it's the first horror movie. I saw it at the drive-in. It was it was it was that and, and Halloween. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my sister took me out of a baseball game, Little League baseball game, and we went, and that's, that's, that's how it all started. But Carrie, the story itself is, is creepy and dark. Mm. And then you take Sissy Spacek, who is, like, not really attractive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was skinny, pale. She had those eyes. I yeah. mean, she, like, that was, like, probably one of the greatest performances in a horror story I've ever seen by an actress or actor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the pig blood came on her and she's just looking with those eyes, she's so chalky white. I mean, just the, it had that creepy, scary feeling. And to this day, it's like one of the few movies that I, if I watch it over and over again, mm-hmm. I still get the goosebumps because she was perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't put anybody else in that role. You know, sometimes there are just people that the role was made for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. Yeah. 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 There are some people that the role is specific to them. Oh my god, I can't wait for Deadpool too. Um <laughs> so looking forward to that. Yeah. Um what, what did you think of the first Deadpool movie? It was alright. I yeah. I'm not a big Deadpool fan. Yeah. I'm more of a DC guy, but it was fun. Hmm. Fun watch. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean I'm 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 also looking forward to Deadpool too. Um I'm curious to see Josh Brolin's take on cable. Um 
I know. I know they there were some there were some interesting casting choices that they that they were looking into, like Kyle Chandler as the as the role. Um, who else? I think it was a Stephen Lang yes. that a lot of fans wanted to see as Cable. Stephen Lang. Now that was the guy from Avatar, correct? Yeah, he was the villain. I, that was my number one choice. Was that the show he was in. He was in um, the TV show. Uh, it lasted thirteen episodes. Sci-fi. Firefly. No. Um, my son and I watched it a couple episodes, and then it just kind of fizzled. I can't remember. It was about they. The f- I can't even remember now. Uh, shoot myself. Was it based on a book or a series of books? Uh, why? What are you thinking? Because I'm thinking Dresden Files, maybe. Nope. No, no, no. Okay. It was it was like dinosaurs were in it, mm-hmm. um, and and I, I want to say time, but I, I I could be wrong. I can't remember. I'll have to check. Um, mm. But maybe that was he was in that, I believe. But Cable's a great character. Mm. Yeah, and I li- I like the way Cable looks. Josh Brolin's oh, yeah. Cable. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm optimistic. As, As you are. Yeah, so what's your opinion, since you mentioned that you're a DC guy, what is your opinion of the state of the DCEU slash and or, and or the MCU? Okay. It's going to be a while. Um, you know, Marvel's been running roughshod with the movies and everything. Correct. Um, and DC kind of had their new 52, which... After you know, thirty weeks, people are like, "Is it still the new 52? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, after forty weeks, is it still the new fifty-two? Um, so when the new fifty-two ended, everyone was kind of like, "Yay!" And and I was one of them. Mm. Um, and they rebo- you know, rebirth is phenomenal. I've been hearing it. And mm. Marvel has been going out of their way to make life easy for DC because they're basically. Starting titles, canceling titles, starting titles, canceling titles, and they're starting off their legacy now, and they're bringing people back to their, you know, to numbering, old numbering, and so Marvel's kind of like spiraling a little bit of downward. People are getting upset with the, you know, changing the characters. A lot of people, some people don't have an issue that Thor's a woman, and that you know, Captain America's. Um, Sam Wilson and not Steve Rogers. I mean, there's been so many changes, and then we can't even get into Secret Empire with the whole Steve Rogers thing. Mm. That, that I've been I've been wanting to get into that. I just got into. I haven't bought comics in a while because that life was uh, happens and it sucks sometimes. Mm. <laughs> that had a lot of people furious. Um, that thing with Stephen Lang it was Terra Nova. That mm. was what it was. Okay. Um, but a lot of people were pissed off about Captain America. So now you've got Sh- Scott Schneider on DC, and he's writing a book called Metal, and mm. it, it's about Batman, and it's, it, it's, it's, you know that saying, I'm Batman? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's like, this story is like the typical, like, um, Batman and it, how it's affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. But this story is so well written, and I think it's going to, this is the moment where, it's kind of like when WWE and WCW, when WWE shifted and took over WCW after those Monday Night Raws. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to start to see DC. They got the Wonder Woman movie, which nailed it mm-hmm. and had a lot of people excited. People are, are looking forward to the Justice League movie. And I think it's kind of swinging, the pendulum swinging. And, and if, if Snyder's medal takes off, which I think it's going to, I think you're going to start seeing more people getting more excited about DC and Marvel less. 
you can see stuff like Marvel will do when Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. A couple months before the, the movie comes out, they start gearing you with 50 different comic books mm. about the Guardians. And then like three or four months after, all of a sudden they start dwindling and they're down to two again. And people are like getting fed up with that. Mm. So DC seems to be writing their ship. A lot of DC, they've got momentum. They just need to make sure they nail the Justice League movie and ride Snyder's story of metal. Because it is, if you have not read it, shame on you because it is awesome. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I got I got to get on a D, a, the DC Rebirth train because I've so far I've, I've purchased the first two volumes of Wonder Woman Rebirth. I've yet to sit down and read them uh, through, uh, but I've and I've but I've heard a lot of great things about that series as well as Batman, uh, and um, and even uh, Superman. Yep, Superman's got a new life. People are really digging it. I I am loving Deathstroke the Terminator. Okay, it is by far like Hawkman's my favorite hero, but Deathstroke is rising the charts. Mm. Um, Deathstroke is phenomenal, uh, one of my favorites. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I read Green Arrow too. He's another one of my favorites. My mm. son loves The Flash, and mm. the Titan books. He says the Titans is one of his favorite stories right now. Mm. So that's kind of. Yeah, so which comics okay. out of Mar- outside of Marvel and DC would you like to see on film? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Baltimore. Which is my favorite. I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. you recommended um, uh, that one. That's a Dark Horse book um, written by Christopher Golden and Mike Mignola. Uh, for those of you who know, Mignola did, Hell- did Hellboy, created yep. Hellboy. Um, just picture Baltimore is basically like Moby Dick, but it's about vampires, a vampire. Mm-hmm. And this guy's trying to get this vampire. Okay. It's a great story, and it's many arcs, uh, it's fun. Um, it is my favorite story of all time for comics. Mm. I love it. It started off as a book with art in it, and then it went from that form to uh, comic form. Mm-hmm. And it's you know one one time it was for free comic book day. It's just it's special. Uh-huh. I love reading it. Um, it's a great character. It draws you in, and it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, one one comic that you ac- that you actually recommended to me that I'm kind of upset that I never got a chance to finish was Steam Man. Oh, shame on you! That was a fun ride too. Yeah, so there's one time, there's one part in the one part where this dude gets sodomized to death. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Wow! I was trying not to uh, to try not to spoil it on the show, but it was just it, that was just too much. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, expect the unexpected. I, I I wasn't expecting anything, <laughs> but it, definitely not that. Mm. But but I will say um. The guys at Aftershock, I know you met them um, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were in the shop, and we were talking to them. And, you know, uh, Regan at the shop has really, from day one, the first time he saw Aftershock, believed in it. And he's been bringing in all the books. Um, so they're different, different things for different people, mm-hmm. different tastes. Uh, I was reading one called Insects, uh, which is about two women. And um, Insects, uh, it's kind of, it's creepy. It's a horror story. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely... Uh, not for the faint of heart, uh, but it is it is interesting. Um, but another one that just came out last week, I have been telling every single person that comes in the shop to read it. Mm-hmm. I posted a picture of it on Facebook because I think this book is going to be incredible, and I think that everybody knows half the story, and I think that's what makes this even better, especially for people who love horror. Mm-hmm. The story is called Dark 
Ark, and it's by Cullen Bunn, who writes so many things. Um, he writes Deadpool. He's written, uh, oh, I, can't, I just can't off the top of my head, but I know he, he's written a boatload of stuff. But Dark Ark is basically, picture Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. You've got all the animals, two by two. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we all have our monsters. How did the monsters survive the flood? Oh, there was a second ark. Oh. And all the monsters are on the second ark, and this family has to take care of the monsters. Mm. So I just read the first issue, and I was blown away. You know what? You did mention it. You did. Me- they did mention that. Okay. On the codex. On the codex. Earth. So, and, and I mean, if you can find it, find it. It is amazing. Okay. That sounds real fun. Dark Ark. Okay. Yeah, we're sold out. Oh. Yeah, I pumped it to everybody. I could. <laughs> um, I, I do think there are some other places that may have it. I'll talk to you about it after. Okay. And it's currently in a like, single issue form? Or single issue. The okay. Issue one just came out. Okay. And nice. I, I read on their mailing list that they had um, initial orders. They, Diamond had already sold out and that um, Aftershock was getting them more copies. Mm. So this is, this is going to be a winner. So, Nice. Just as big as Briggsland, you think? It's going to be better. You think so? I like Briggsland. I think, I think the thing, Brian Wood is a great writer, but I think what happens is some books get more hyped because people hear the rumors that it's going to be a TV show. Mm. I can't even tell you how many TV shows, how many comic books are speculated on being TV shows. People are just waiting and waiting. Oh, I heard this is going to be a TV show. I hear this is going to be a TV show. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, that's great. They're going to be TV shows, but are you buying the book because you want to read it or are you buying it because it's going to be a TV show and you think it's going to be money? Mm. So I think there's a lot, like a lot of that kind of yeah. hemming and horn. Sometimes books get more than they deserve because people think it's going to be on mm. the big screen. Yeah, like the next Walking Dead, like yes. issue one. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. I would okay. say Briggsland has potential, though. Now, oh, I know everybody who's read it. That yeah. and Saga. Everybody, uh, there's another God, one. I've been so behind yes. on Saga, and I'm Saga's so upset with myself. I'm not a Saga fan, but I don't read it. But I can tell you being around shops for you know, quite a bit, Saga is one of those stories that I have never heard anybody say a single bad thing about. Yeah. The people that read it absolutely love it. Mm. And, I mean, there's, there's one person I know in the shop comes in, and she reads two books, and that's it. And that's one of them. Mm. And she comes in. If it comes in on Wednesday, she's there before Saturday picking it up. So um, people love it. And it is it is, it is. top The only way I can see Saga on a big screen is if like, it's, a, it's animated and only on Netflix. Mm. Yeah. Has, something like that has to be a Netflix commercial. Or even HBO. They got a lot of momentum going on right now. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, 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 it's t- kind of difficult to picture Saga as a live action. Oh, uh, st- like, it'd be like, expensive. Like, like, like it would be expensive, and, and to do it well, and how exactly, al- and considering how outlandish it can get, yeah, to live action, like animation would definitely free it from all those like shackles. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the one of the fan favorites. I know people absolutely love yeah. it. Mm. So back to your writing. Uh, are there any artists or any other writers that you would like to work with? I know you're working with this one right now, but oh boy, that's a there. Well, there are a lot of like, you know, I, I've been fortunate because the guys who do the covers to my book are all local guys, yeah, mm-hmm. and my friends. So I have the honor of working with them. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I do have a story in the back of my head that I'm kind of um, thinking about, 
and I did speak to Ryan Santos, a local guy, about doing the art for that. Um, it's just getting the time to do it. And I think once once this Pirates of Dilfrom is done, I'm going to sit down and really make an, an effort to focus on that. Um, mm. So I'd like to work with him. Now, for famous artists... Hey, sky's the limit. <laughs> oh, um... That's a tough one, because uh, I, you know, we all have our favorites. I, I met Aaron Lopresti at um, the Boston Con, not this year but last year, and he was really cool. Um, I enjoyed talking to him. Um, and Terry Dotson was next to him, and, and he was fantastic too. But Aaron, I think, for what I would have in mind for like story wise, I think Aaron would be a good, a good choice. Um, so. It, it's one of those, boy, I'll tell you who I wouldn't want to work with would be John Romita Jr. Not a fan of his art at all. Mm. Uh, I think he, he rides his dad's coattails, his dad's <laughs> name. I think mm. he's lazy. Um, but a lot of people like his art. I just don't. Mm. It does nothing for me. Okay. How, what about uh, Rob Liefeld? <laughs> well, he, going back to the New 52, uh, at one point, he did the Hawk and Dove, and it was kind of rough. I like Hawk and Dove, and it was kind of rough seeing his art on it. Mm. Um, then I heard he was going to be doing taking over the Savage Hawkman. And, and like I said earlier, Hawkman's my favorite hero. Mm. So when I heard he was going to Hawkman, I was like anything but happy. But it was in a, it was in a different capacity. Mm. He went to Hawkman as a writer. Mm. And his story was great. Liefeld should... Focus on writing. Okay. I, I think so. Yeah, it's mm. right. It was really good. Mm. I was I was impressed. The the art, the hands. You know, you've heard the hands thing about him. He just doesn't get the hands and the feet well. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and his characters do tend to to um, look alike. But um, definitely, the story was impressive. I was not disappointed. Mm. So. All right. Now, nice. was you a fan of Spawn at all in the nineties? No, I like looking at the covers. I'm a big fan of... I love comic art covers. Right. And uh, obviously, you got great, great covers on Spawn books. Oh, yeah. But I never really... Okay. Cause but that's know, still going. 200 plus issues. Yeah. And there's, mm. a, new, and there's a new movie right. in the works right now. Yep. As in, like, Todd McFarlane is going to be uh, directing it. Now, that's supposed to be... Um, that's supposed to be going into, a, like, a, in the horror genre. Yeah, it's an I mean, R-rated horror Nice. Yeah. You think how, how do you think that will work? In well, I already we we don't I don't want to get into the '97 Spawn because well the thing yeah. about the '97 Spawn, everybody wants that actor to be Spawn again. I've I've seen multiple things about have him do it. Have him, yeah no. Let's get someone. Why new. not? Let's get someone. Why new. not? Michael Jai White is still BA. Like he is, but I think I just think you need to get it. If you're gonna reboot, you need to have that movie needs a new f flavor, mm -hmm. so to speak. Oh, it needs I a new... I can't see anybody else doing it. Well, you know, like, I, I look at... We're g I'm going to go to The Punisher. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So we got Dolph Lundgren, who did the first one. Awful. Mm -hmm. Sucked. Yeah. Thomas Jane did the next one, and, and I looked at it, and I was like, it, it was good, but it was a Hollywood movie. That's the only way I can describe it as a Hollywood movie. I met Thomas Jane too. Great, great. I guy. remember seeing that picture. Mm -hmm. He, phenomenal. But it was a Hollywood movie. When you got mm -hmm. John Travolta in it, it was just Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The next one with Ray Stevenson. 
Right. Yep. Now, to me, that's the Punisher. He was Frank Castle. He was badass. He looked like Frank Castle. And now we've got Shane being in the in on the Netflix show. And I know people that uh, Go easy. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, go I ahead. know I know people um love love his rendition. And mm-hmm. that's great. But I, I look at it. Sometimes people get into a role and that role stays with them for the rest of their lives, like Barry Williams is Greg Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, there's to me, William Shatner is always going to be Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. Yep. I don't care that he played T.J. Hooker or whatever he did. Mm-hmm. There are some people that just, like John Delancey, who played Q mm-hmm. on, on Star Trek The Next Generation, to me, he's always going to be Eugene on Days of Our Lives because my sister watched it. I there, are so. <laughs> there are some people who just end up in a role that they carry for the rest of this their is lives. true. Mm-hmm. And it's I true. think, Steve to Urkel? me, Yep. Julia White is Steve Urkel. Yeah. So, so I think Dustin Diamond is always going to be uh, Screech. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I think I look at John and say to myself, "Well, he's Shane," and I can't. It's just to me that's that's what did it for him. I've seen him mm-hmm. in other shows, but he's he's Shane. Mm-hmm. And it's correct like, when I when I even hear them talking. So, like even if they're going to be talking to him, they say Frank. I'm going to hear Shane. Mm-hmm. So, but Ray Stevenson was such a good, but the and. The, I think the villain was was an okay choice. Mm. It could have done better. Yeah. But he was a dominant like he looked like the Punisher. He really did. So. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, not I'm not knocking it cuz I still see I I still see John Bernthal as Shane. Like I still call him Shane. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm and I love him as Punisher. Like if you loved him. if you mm. look at like the Walking Dead people now like Rick you're right. Yeah, Andy Andrew Lincoln Andrew is, Garfield is right. Yep, Andrew Lincoln. Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. Wow. And then, <laughs> and then you've got uh, Carl. He's always going to be Carl. This show mm-hmm. kind of ruined my life. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? So some some people just Carol uh, Melissa McBride or yeah, that's her name. Yeah, that's yeah. her name. She's going to be Carol now for the rest yeah. of her life. There's no mm-hmm. getting out of that. And I'm sorry, uh, Daryl Norman Reedus yeah. is going to be Daryl for the rest of his yeah. life. Yeah, Bo- No, Boondock no, Saints is. Kind of out the window. It's still a cult classic. Yes, it is. Don't be wrong, but that... Okay, he's been Daryl for like the past, what, almost eight years? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, like he's, he's going to be Daryl. He's Daryl for the rest mm, of right. his life. Oh, man. And, and you know what's funny? This kind of works in reverse. Like, have you seen uh, that uh, Stephen King movie with, uh, with Thomas Jane, The Mist? Oh, I love that oh, movie. Yes. That was yeah. like epic. Yeah, that was such a great movie. So underrated. Yep. And like that movie has several Walking Dead actors in it. Yes. And watching it now, it's like, oh, there's uh there's Carol. There's Carol. Andrea, Carol, um who else? Dale. Dale from the first uh, couple seasons. Yep. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And uh John Haponic said this is actually like the first like shout out I've gotten. Mm-hmm. John Haponic, I, I call him our resident supervillain because he's a big DC guy. Guy agrees with you and says Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson was the def- definitive Punisher. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know it's it's, it's funny because like um I, I I'd say like John Bernthal in my opinion is like the like best Frank Castle. It, it, I, 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 I say that and, and nothing against Ray Stevenson because he was he was badass too. But um I think I think to your point where where people still identify him as Shane is because like in the majority of roles that I've seen Bernthal in that a lot of people have seen him in, he's always played those hair trigger, like volatile characters. And Shane is like epitomizes all of them. But, and then all those roles after that were just variations of that. 
role. So I can see why people still identify him as Shane. I'm hearing this Punisher is going to be like crazy violent. Oh, I can imagine because it's going to be like. Yeah, because Daredevil. Because like Daredevil, like the first two seasons alone, like but yeah, they were whoa. violent enough. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so. funny when when I, I don't watch the Netflix shows. I I just there's not enough time in the day to watch all the shows, mm-hmm. so I end up watching you know the shows with my sons. We do like the DC shows, mm-hmm. but the Netflix shows. Everybody I talk to when they talk about the Netflix shows, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. But the, everybody's favorite order, or th- what they think the best ones are, mm-hmm. the way it trickles down, it's it's pretty much the order of the way they came out. So mm-hmm. everybody loves like Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. They they uh, I the best. I heard nothing but great things about the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil started off slow and then it just started to kick butt. Mm-hmm. And then as it you trickle down to Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and the Defenders, it kind of fizzles out. Now the Defenders to me will always be Doctor Strange, uh, the Hulk, mm-hmm. Silver Surfer, and Namor. So. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I don't watch it either, because I kind of think the yeah, Defenders you know, are the Defenders, not not mm-hmm. Marvel Knights, yeah, circa two thousand or whenever that was. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I completely forgot. Go on. Oh yeah, and and that's interesting. Like um, now now that you mention it, I would I would really like to see a Namor uh, Submariner um uh, either movie or sh- or show. I'm um, sure it, I'm sure that's gonna be well. You know, way. we've got Aquaman coming out, so you exactly. know. Marvel's not gonna yeah then and they're pulling out you know what I think that's the other thing too they're pulling out characters out of their butts to give them movies like mm-hmm. Ant-Man like honestly I mm-hmm. don't see a lot of people coming in a comic shop screaming I want my Ant-Man comic yeah I didn't hear people I didn't hear people saying I want an Ant-Man movie mm-hmm. I mean he was fantastic in mm-hmm. the um, Captain America movie yeah yeah fantastic did you like the standalone movie it was okay Really, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because he, because Ant Man's, he's not even like he's not even a B list. It was enjoyable, very yeah. enjoyable. But see, I'm not a, like for for the Marvel movies. I love the Captain America ones the best. I love the Thor ones. I think mm-hmm. the two Avengers movies are the same movie except we took out the aliens and replaced them with oh, uh, robots. Robots. Yep. Um, I the Guardians was meh. I could do without it. It was you know. Um, I, I'd say part volume two you can do without. Yeah, the first one was was. Interesting and fun, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like I was looking at a movie and say, "Do I want to own it?" Mm-hmm. If I want to own it, to me, that's. And then mm-hmm. you know, I love the X Men movies, the new ones. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're great. You liked Apocalypse? I did. I just, I just, wish, I can't finish Apocalypse. I just <laughs> wish, I just wish that they had better use of Apocalypse in it. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of did, but they, I think they fell a little short. And I think that's what happens. They're so focused on the good guys, they forget they need to... Where, where DC nails it, they make the bad guys bad guys. Really, like Jack Nicholson's Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, mm-hmm. those guys were dominant bad Correct. guys. Mm-hmm. Marvel seems to fall short of, of, of the mm. bad guys. They don't give yeah. them that, like, holy crap, this guy's really, really... They come close. They come so close with Magneto. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I know he skates that line, uh, the gray line of good, bad, evil. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like just when they feel like they just need to give him that little bit of push to make him just a little more evil. Mm-hmm. And they they're afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's they, that's what Marvel does. They just come up short. 
Yeah, I I, I I agree, especially with uh, with their films. Like many of their villains, like with the MCU, for example, like outside of Loki, there really aren't any other villains that are memorable or really hold that that badassery, if you will. I will say that um, the the inverse is true on the Marvel's Netflix series. Like for example, uh, Wilson Fisk, uh, Kingpin. Like Vincent D'Onofrio is an excellent Kingpin, and um, David Tennant as the Purple Man. Um, uh, I would probably say he he's was, the scariest one. He was he, probably the best one. Yep, on Jessica Jones. Uh, like Kilgrave, but, yeah. But yeah, but Wilson Fisk is like second by a hair. Yeah, and then Iron Fist. Well, we don't have to talk about like, put that because Iron Fist was trash, absolute trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard that um, many times. Yeah, I've I watched the first three episodes and I was done. I couldn't okay, get through the rest mouth. of it. Cottonmouth, uh, uh, Cornell Stokes from Luke Cage. He was very good. Very good. I was really so good. upset they killed him off within the middle of the season. Yeah, and then the the Diamondback, who was the big big bad for the rest of it. He was he was kind of like a stock villain, but the actor who played him ran took the football and ran as far as he could with it. It was oh, like it was. Who was the guy? Wasn't that Candyman? No, it no. wasn't Candyman. He looked like Tony Todd. Yeah, it Tony was like a, Todd's awesome. Yeah, Candyman was like the. That's a Clive Barker book. Yeah. Story. I was I was afraid of Candyman in the ki- as a kid, mm-hmm. like maggots just on his face and he's just sitting there like that creeped me out. I did not want to say Candyman three times in a mirror. <laughs> oh man, yeah, like and he was Wolf's brother. Oh yeah, that's right, Kern. Yep, Star Trek reference. And Carl. he was Jake Sisko on Deep Space Nine, the adult version. Oh, I've got a whole list on Tony Todd. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were saying like the 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 actor who played a Diamondback on Luke Cage, like he he looked like a younger Tony Todd, but like he took that his his character was so cheesy that like it kind of skated that line towards like completely ridiculous, but yet like kind of like a car accident appeal. It's like okay, let's see how far ridiculous this can get without compromising the quality of the show. It, it's like it's, it's one of those things you just have to see. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm and, trying to find out his name. Yeah. Oh, Eric LeRae Harvey. Yes. Yeah. He was also on Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. clicked on his on his Wikipedia page, and that was the first thing that came up. Yep. And um and also like uh, uh going back a bit um you said you mentioned the the Flash earlier like um I, I I read the other day that um like there was I don't know if it was rumor or confirmed but um the Flash movie in the DCEU like the the producers are considering like making that a Flashpoint adaptation so they can reset the DCEU uh continuity and start from scratch due to all like the negative uh feedback that the DCEU has fairly gotten which oh, I don't know I haven't heard that I don't oh, know boy. like if they made a flat a Flashpoint adaptation it's like I mean outside of Wonder Woman I agree like change everything else about the DCEU because you know, Batman you know, versus Superman was. You know, go, we got no. Because, like I said, Batman versus Superman was terrible. Uh, Man of Steel was disappointing, and Suicide Squad was trash. Whoa, whoa, whoa! All right, I. They all stand on their own little legs here. Um, what What didn't you like about um, Man of Steel? Oh man! You gonna tell me because he killed Zod? No, no, I didn't mind that. Oh, I, mean, I thought that was, please, I, please make this a debate. Um, I, I thought that was debate. brilliant. I, mm-hmm. You know what? We have got Superman, the big blue Boy Scout. I can't mm-hmm. stand Superman because he's too perfect. Mm. Um, but you see all these movies, and he's fighting Lex Luthor. And I always sat there and said, I want to see Superman, who's so strong. Like, I look at the Hulk. He, like He's like the Hulk. Mm. I, I, 
Hulk smash. I want to see Superman smash. So a lot of people's issue with um, the Man of Steel was that he killed Zod. And I'm like, Zod left him no choice. Zod wasn't going to stop. So I kind of really thought that was fantastic mm. to see him just snap his neck. I was mm. like, that is that was finally you're giving me someone for Superman to beat on that can beat him right back. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Eddie like, Ortiz I, says Man of Steel was awesome. Uh, I I gotta disagree with Eddie Ortiz on that one. Um, I'll, I'll say that like like Superman killing Zod, I had no issues with that because like it left him no choice. He had to do what he had to do. Um, but my my problem is with Man of Steel. One of my biggest problems is that is, is that Superman. Like he was basically he's he's fifty percent responsible for the destruction of Metropolis. Like him and him and Zod fighting in the center of Metropolis, they, they destroyed the city. And I can't see how the citizens of Metropolis or the rest of the world can look at him as a savior. And mind you, Zack Snyder's treatment of Superman is not an inspirational figure. Not not about truth, justice, and the uh, American way or the human human way. He's a he's a he's a god figure that you're supposed to fear, like grovel on your knees and be grateful that Superman's going to come save you and even then he's going to be like ugh why do i have to waste my time with these mere mortals why can't why can't you have powers why can't you be on my level i'm too i'm a, I'm a kryptonian the last son of krypton i'm too good for these for these for this puny race that's how that's how he comes across oh see i, I don't so morose I, I don't know if i agree with that i think um he came across as a farm boy with his dad's um lessons of life hmm. and i think what happened was um as the movie progressed, I kind of saw Superman in, in a light of this was the first time he was really using his powers. So mm-hmm. not knowing it was, and that's the other thing too, Zod had full, full knowledge of what his powers were going to be. Mm-hmm. Clark Kent had no idea. Superman had no idea what, what he was capable of. So you talk about that scene where they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Again, if if you're in a bar and someone hits on your girlfriend or boyfriend and you're, you're, um, you know, or, or tries to hurt someone you care about, you go and you stop them and then the fight breaks loose and you, your intentions are good. You're trying to do it. So I think in the movie, to me, like the whole thing kind of flowed and I get the fear of Batman, you know, seeing this and being like, well, I got to stop him mm-hmm. without taking the time to realize I need to talk to him first. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what, what happened in Batman and Superman, I was very disappointed with Doomsday. That was yeah. just awful. Mm-hmm. But the highlight of the movie was how um, Lex Luthor manipulated, the Riddler. manipulated mm-hmm. them to, to fight each other, how he played them for a fool, which was exactly what they did in Captain America when he had Iron Man and... Um, Civil War. Yeah. yeah. Iron Man and... Captain America fighting each other. It was like the perfect play. Mm-hmm. Now, now from our Facebook Live, John Aponit says, Victor bought Man of Steel. You must have seen something in it. Well, okay, listen. I, I bought Man of Steel two years before Batman vs. Superman came out. So it was at the time where the DCEU had promise. Now, Man of Steel had flaws, but I was hoping that Batman vs. Superman couldn't actually course correct and, you know, go in a positive direction. Unfortunately, Batman versus Superman was the quality was such filth that it actually it actually diminished Man of Steel even more. So therefore, I just had no choice but to give it away. Okay, now um, he hold on. People, now people, hold on, people yeah. are commenting. Um, um, 
John upon it also says Superman has an issue as a savior. He can't be perfect. He had to learn from this from the experience with Zod. And Eddie Ortiz chimes in. He says, "Remember, Superman doesn't kill. So killing Zod, so him killing Zod was a shocker. Now Batman versus Superman was just all over the place. Oh, and oh God! And any comments? And you say, oh God, Doomsday, Doomsday could have been so much better. I think I think mm-hmm. if they left Zoom, Doomsday out of it mm-hmm. and just had the two of them fight." And I think if they had changed Wonder Woman's role mm. in the movie, have her come in and be like, guys, what the hell? Stop mm. it. Like it rather than what's your mother's name? You know, mm-hmm. why'd you say Martha? If they had used Wonder Woman in that capacity to kind of like reel the boys in mm-hmm. and leave Doomsday out of it and and have them, oh, you know, they're coming, they're coming, Dark Side's coming. Like that would have been great if you, you didn't need to have Doomsday in that movie. No, not at all. No. And I think that's what hurt Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And, and and also, too, um, I'll, I'll say another issue with Man of Steel was like was Kevin Costner's uh, take on Pa Kent, where he was basically giving Clark Kent these really, I would say, the, the, flat out the wrong lessons, like where, 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 um, where uh, Clark saved that bus full of children, and then, and then Pa Kent borderline admonished him where where clock was like so you think i should have let those kids die and then pa kent has the nerve to go maybe what what well i think it's tough when you've got them killing off pa kent right away anyways that's just kind of bizarre Mm -hmm. um yeah that was a weird thing and then him watching pa kent die and i guess you know maybe that was his inspiration to to do the right thing Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, like I said, I'm not a big Superman fan, but I, I, I gained a newfound respect for him in the movies. I think the actor who's playing him is great, yeah. um, but what they, what they did, Killing Zod, to me, was the most, it made the most sense, and it launched them in the direction they went in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, I am looking forward to the, the new Justice League movie. Um, I'm not really sold on the Flash's outfit. Yeah, it seems like a hodgepodge of different like armor pieces slapped together. Right, and um, you know, yeah, Justice League, it is what it is, and Aquaman looks pretty cool. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out too. Mm. Um, and then you know, there's no Green Lantern, which is kind of, and and I'm sorry for all of you out there. Cyborg is a Teen Titan, not a member of the Justice League. It's wrong on every level. <laughs> <laughs> Just send him back. I mean, there are so many other heroes that have been part of the Justice League. Mm. Why he's there makes no sense. Do Do you think they could have brought in the Justice League so much better? Because I believe they, I believe they could have. Mm. Um. Well, they're you know you're going to have your Aquaman movie coming out. You're going to have your Flash movie coming out. Your Wonder Woman movie was a huge hit. Uh, let me tell you, the Flash, that movie, and the Aquaman movie will only do well with what we see from the characters in the, in the movie, the mm. justice league movie. If, if you know, it comes out, if it comes out in the flash characters, this turd that nobody cares about. Mm. I mean, if he comes out like Ryan Reynolds was green lantern, there's your flash movie out the window. Mm. Uh, if he comes out like Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool, well, your movie yeah. going to do well. Um, and then they talk about what a cyborg movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> like that's as dumb as having an Ant-Man movie. Well, I mean, maybe I was thinking maybe they can use Cyborg as a way to segue into a live-action Teen Titans film. 
That's a possibility. Uh, they've got him in the Justice League in the comics, too, and I just shake uh, my head. I don't understand why, but mm. someone decided he's all grown up and let's take him out of the Teen Titans. Mm. And so I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Not, not a fan. Mm. Okay. Now, uh, going back to Hellion. So you get the opportunity to act to, um, to have Hellion on the big screen. Okay. Who would you cast as some of the characters? Oh, man. Um, I wish you had told me that question before I got here. Um, so, nope, nope. Because every, every time I do the question of the week, I never tell Victor. Okay. Never. Yeah. I love that. Ooh, I, think, I think Danny DeVito would be a great Simeon Wagner. Mm. Of course, how we, we mentioned Danny DeVito last last week, how he got a like a worse. Co- yeah, like the Razzies gave him or nominated him worst supporting actor for Batman Returns, oh. which is inexplicable. Um, yeah, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. I loved him as Penguin. Mm. Let me see. Um, the Devil. Hmm. I don't know. That's a, that's a really tough one. That's a good question. <laughs> um, mm. And I'm not really up to date with pe- a lot of people's names. Like I got faces in my head, mm. so it would be, oh, it would be describe tough. him. He'll name. He'll Vic will Vic will nail mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, Sabretooth in the not, yeah Sabretooth in the first X Men. Leave Schreiber. Yeah, he'd be a good uh, devil mm. in my movie. Um, the demons would be. Well, you can put anybody under the demons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that doesn't really matter. The band? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it. Let's go to the next question as I'm thinking. Okay. Um, okay. So with the popularity of comic book TV shows and movies, do you think people would eventually stop reading the comics? Now I'm more worried about people reading the comics online. And not mm. getting the hard copies. I prefer I prefer mm. hard copies myself. I do too. I look at it like you know you meet the author, you meet mm. the artist, you get a signed copy, or you have it in your hand, something to hold. You can't you can't get an autograph on a computer screen. Mm. Correct. And it's like um, Stan, I read this in a meme. Stan Lee once said like, yeah, comics are like boobs. Like they're nice to look at on a screen, but wouldn't you rather have them in your hand? Yeah. There you go. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Well, Leave it to Carl to. Uh, quote Stan Lee on that. Well, then again, Stan Lee did make Stripperella on Spike TV, so there's that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot all about that. Please no XFL comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I watched the XFL. Uh, I had a favorite team and all. Oh. Wow. I, I did. He hate me. No, I, it wasn't. A, I remember. I remember Rod Smart. He ended up going hmm. to play for the. Um, Oh, the Raiders. Okay, but it actually, there's only—I think there's only one XFL athlete who to actually win a Super Bowl. Oh, really? Only one, Tommy Maddox. Yeah, he went on to play, he went on to play for Pittsburgh. Hmm. Was it Pittsburgh? Yeah, nice. he was actually the starting quarterback before Ben Roethlisberger. Hmm. Did he? Was he on the Broncos too? I thought. Um, I don't think so. I remember. All I remember was him going to Pittsburgh. So. Uh, so yeah, the XFL. Oh my gosh! Ah, I see. <laughs> I, I remember. Man. I like. Yeah. I like the Orlando Rage. They were like undefeated and then like lost in the playoffs, and I'm mm. just like, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vince McMahon had some stones to compete against the NFL. Oh yeah. I mean, but then, as you know, it ended up the XFL went the way of the World Bodybuilding Federation. WBF so. <laughs> went the way of the dinosaur. Who are you kidding? Yeah, it certainly <laughs> did. And uh, and you know, you know, you you guys can you guys can talk about the uh, this this. Oh, ball he played of, on a couple. Of, he played on a good amount of teams: yeah. the Broncos, okay. the Rams, Giants. Practice squad for the Falcons, New Jersey Red Dogs, hmm. uh, LA Extreme for the XFL. Then he went on to the Steelers and won that Super Bowl. And then the Philly, and then he was uh, the Philadelphia Soul, which I think that was an arena football league hmm. team. Because life doesn't get yeah. better than arena football. Uh. Arena football can be entertaining. Yeah. Doesn't I Bon Jovi own a team? I think so. Yeah. Oh, arena football, that's like indoors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not it's not as big, and you know the scores are like rather high, but mm-hmm. it can be. It's you fun know nine hundred to seven hundred and twenty-two. Like not that, that high, so. but <laughs> high enough. High enough. All right. So, um, have you guys seen? Are you guys fans of Gotham? Uh, no, I have one. One of my clients talks to me about it all the time, and I'm just like, okay. I I don't know why it's Gotham. He still tells me like what what happens. So I mean I know like the young Bruce Wayne is starting to become Batman in this upcoming season. That that's that's yeah he is. It's kind of weird. Victor, do you watch it? Uh no, I haven't seen an episode. Well, they did just bringing it. They brought the Scarecrow in a few years ago, mm-hmm. a few seasons ago. Mm-hmm. But they're really bringing the Scarecrow in now. Like they introduced mm-hmm. the serum and the son and the father, but now the son is taken over and they nail it oh my god yeah. it is it is awesome the way he now, my, now my thing okay. with gotham is like is that actually the backstories of the in this, of the in, villains in that universe that's what it is they're they're not making it batman mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah so it's solely um around jim gordon they're, well no they're making new characters they introduced fish mooney mm-hmm. right you know they're changing things around to suit their universe. They're not claiming to be part of Batman. It's its own story and its entity. Oh, okay. So it's so it's 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 fun, and um, I like it. I, actually, I do like it a lot. Hmm. Um, the Flash one is is more family friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so sick of speedsters. I'm kind of glad that this season they're not going to have speedsters on it. And the kid who plays Wally West is like probably the worst actor. And I got compared to Wally that, uh, West. Is that Grant Gustin? No, that's oh. that's Barry Allen. Okay. Wally yeah. West. Um, I don't know what his name is, but he's just he's god awful. Mm. Um, the episodes are always better when he's not around. Mm. Um, and and Arrow, I, I enjoy Arrow, but but that's a lot because Deathstroke's on it. And the, the season finale last year of Arrow was was great. It was great seeing Deathstroke back. Now is it still Mono Bennett playing him? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. I, I like Mono Bennett from Spartacus. And then you and then you see these like like put him in like that's the problem too when you've got characters that are in the TV show and characters that are going to movies, mm. and then you switch the characters, the, the actor playing him. Mm. So it's like Manu Bennett should be on the big screen. Let him be, let him be Deathstroke in the movie. He's fantastic. He mm. nails it. Now I know Deathstroke's supposed to be the villain in the upcoming Batman movie, but right. yeah. did they uh, did they select an actor yet? Um, yes. Yeah, it was I just don't know who it is. Joe Mangan- Manganello, yeah. something like that. Like I know he was in um, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. No, not no, the Winter Soldier and Civil War. He was like Crossbones. I think that was him. 
I believe that was him. I don't know if that's him. Yeah. Oh, him. Maybe. Let me see. I could be mistaken. Yes, yeah. He did play. He did play crossbones. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Doesn't. No. It's not working for me at all. Yeah. He he did say that because of um they they're doing a page one rewrite rewrite of the script. Like Manganiello says that like, he's not sure he's, if he's still gonna be in it. Oh, so. It's not listed on his Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So. Well, the movie's not made yet either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but usually they'll say like if it's like in production or. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but man, but yeah, the DC the DCEU needs to get their act together with Batman because Ben Affleck is a solid uh, Bruce Wayne with what he was given. Okay, but. so here here's my take because people always ask me who's your favorite Batman. How many times have we heard this question? Who's your favorite Batman? It's a generational thing. But no, no, here here's it you're is. right. But it let me is there 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 are different things, and I look at Batman in 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 many different lights, and I think the one person that should have been Batman. Mm. Never was, and and it blows me away. Um, mm. So Michael Keaton was good, mm. but to me he was too small to be Batman. And I'm talking from the comic point of view, from the Bruce Wayne point of view, mm. and from size, build, and everything. Yeah. Correct. Right. He was good. Val Kilmer had the best size to be Batman, but the blonde hair, lousy Bruce Wayne. It just didn't didn't fit. George Clooney? Well, we can just forget that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't even like him as a Bruce Wayne? No. I didn't mm. like him as anything. Um, <laughs> and then, then you've got Christian Bale, who's, who's probably my favorite. Mm. Ben Affleck, I was, I was not really happy when they picked him. And, and it's nothing mm. to do with Ben Affleck other than his age. Because mm. here you are, you got Batman, and now you're sticking him with all these younger actors and actresses. Mm. And it just doesn't fit. They're all kind of like supposed to be the same age. Mm. And, you know, give or take. And here you've got Ben Affleck, who is visibly older, older yeah. than the rest. So it kind of disappoints me. But the, the person who I thought, when they were first making um, the original Batman movie with Jack Nicholson, mm. and if you go back to the 87, 88 era, and if you can find a picture of this actor in a suit and a um, tuxedo, mm. the person who probably would have been the best Batman was Alec Baldwin. Mm. He had the look, he had the size, he had the jawbone mm-hmm. structure, mm-hmm. he was the perfect Bruce Wayne, he had the size for Batman, and mm-hmm. we got we got little short, well not short, but mm. Michael Keaton, who, yeah. who was good, but again, as a physical okay. side. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fa- yeah, I found a... Uh, like, that would be... Yeah. That would be a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that would be such an interesting choice. And because like, everybody knows him now as kind of the, you know, the comic relief. But mm-hmm. back then, when he was doing, you know, think about the Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yeah. that Alec Baldwin, being Batman, that would have mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just yeah. Me. Plus, he kind of has the voice for it too. Yeah. 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 Now, I actually had this question. What are your thoughts on the Universal Monster um, series um, universe? Oh, the Dark Universe? Dark Universe, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of the name of it, and I didn't have my phone with me at the time. Mm. I'm kind of excited about it, Mm. because I I love all those monsters. Mm. Um, I saw The Mummy, and and I know people hated it. And again, sometimes sometimes movies just got to be fun, and and I kind of took it for like that. It was kind of fun. Mm. Um, I like how they're going to have one character. They're going to do what they do with uh, Marvel. Yeah. They're going to have that one character float. And I think it's the girl. Uh, I'm not sure. It's either the girl or Russell Crowe's character. Yeah, it's Russell Crowe's character. Dr. Jekyll, correct? Yeah. Yeah, but when I read something, they mentioned a name, but it wasn't Dr. Jekyll. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I thought it was... I think it might be both of them, actually. Mm-hmm. And just have them kind of in all the movies. I think that's kind of clever. Mm-hmm. You know, let the mummy... The mummy's done. Right? Now you move on to the next one. Um, the, thing, the thing about the mummy that struck me as weird was Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. He, he looked kind of not like Tom Cruise. He looked tired. He mm-hmm. looked worn. I, I don't know. He... It, he I did it for the check, you can tell? Kinda, yeah. <laughs> Not, it, was, it was, you know, I think maybe he's so used to making his own movies that doing this for somebody else mm-hmm. wasn't something that he was into, but it was just kind of like the scenes when, like, the beginning, the beginning parts especially, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, wow, that just doesn't seem right. So that kind of mm-hmm. threw me for a loop. Yeah, and yeah. I know Johnny Depp was supposed to play... Uh, uh, the Invisible Man. Why would... Okay, listen. I know Johnny Depp. He's voice acting. <laughs> He's voice yeah. acting. That's oh, essentially... Well, Benedict Cumberbatch. Everyone was so excited about him in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, Smaug. I mean, yeah, The Hobbit. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my God! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably did. Sitting on a cell phone. I don't have to go to wherever you're recording. I'll just mm. call Yep. <laughs> just, yeah, just like Vin Diesel in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the year Eddie Van Halen was voted uh, world's greatest keyboardist for Jump back in the 80s. Sorry, folks, I'm dating myself. <laughs> but he did one song with keyboard, and everyone voted him greatest keyboardist alive. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how that was. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. But um, any, like, comic recommendations? Because... Always on free comic book day, I'll pick. I know we usually get what two of like three or four, or we get five. Mm-hmm. I'll get about four, and I always leave you with uh, give me a recommendation. Yep. Um, there's a new book out, Realm, which is huge. That that sold, I and mean, you might have to get that in trade paperback when it comes out. Mm. Um, that's by Image. Okay. Um, obviously, like I had mentioned, the Dark Arc. By Aftershock. Um, they got a book, too, called Baby Teeth that's doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love for, for Marvel. Um, let me see. Marvel, I read Cable. Old Man Logan, which is, you know, Old Man Logan is, you know, Wolverine, just Old Man Logan. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they killed Wolverine many years ago, and they've actually left him dead which is kind of exciting that a mm. character's been dead for, especially a character of Wolverine's magnitude, yeah. mm. to keep him dead, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, there's a, a book called Weapon X, which has got uh, Old Man Logan, uh, Lady Deathstrike, um, Sabretooth. Um, From the 90s? No, it's out now. There's a new Weapon X? Yeah, Mystique mm. and um, Warpath. Okay, and it's it is it's a fun fun book, mm. um, but Marvel like right now like it, they're starting their legacy off and they're going to be rechanging things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I do love Cable. That's probably Cable and Weapon X are my two favorites right now for them. The mm-hmm. Thanos book is pretty good as well. I think I have that hip hop cover. Now DC, mm-hmm. Deathstroke um, without a doubt is my favorite. And Green Arrow, um, and then Hawkman's coming back. So this whole metal thing, this metal storyline is based on Hawkman's journal. So um, mm-hmm. Hawkman's supposed to make a return, which I'm all excited about. We'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, I mean, if you, 
you know, comics, what's great about comics is there's so many different avenues to go. If you like music, Gwar has a comic out. Um, Carl's looking at me like, wait, who's this? Gwar. G-W-A-R. Gwar. Hmm. These guys are, if you're not familiar with Gwar, um, hmm. are you familiar with Gwar? It sounds familiar. I know I've heard it. Why don't you take a look on your phone at Gwar? Uh, it's quite, yeah. quite the um, scene. Hmm. Um, just speaking of this, you didn't like Suicide Squad? Nah, what, I did not. What didn't you like? Oh, man. The Hot Topic Avengers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. What, what I, what Shout I did. out to my cousin Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, let me oh. say. Did you find, like, like, I liked it. I thought it was mm. fun. Again, it's, it was a fun movie. Mm. I liked um, um, <laughs> Will Smith, the scene when he's, when he's, pissed off and he starts mm-hmm. shooting all the, the, the monsters mm-hmm. and the, the military guys just stop and watch him. I was mm-hmm. like, that's a dead shot. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, the guy on fire with Inferno or Pyro. Whatever oh, Diablo. Oh, El Diablo, yeah. yeah. He was awesome. He, I thought Killer Croc was too... Yeah. Stereotypical? <laughs> Stereotypical. I want to watch BT. Fake, <laughs> fake. Too, too, yeah. Like, we threw him in there. It mm-hmm. was like... Um, Captain Boomerang was kind of funny. Mm. Um, like he was in Spartacus. Yep. Yeah. The, the humor for that could have been him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the girl playing Harlequin nailed it. I thought she she did a really good job. Uh, that I'm so sick of that cosplay. But that's the I thing. really am. <laughs> she's but she's like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You see, it comes in waves and yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Deadpool comics, then it dwindles down. There are a lot of Deadpool comics, then it dwindles. Down. Harlequin, she's in. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that. I think next mm-hmm. year, next year, I think it will be Domino. Oh yeah, with Deadpool too. Yeah, Zazie yeah. Beats is that new Domino. I don't, have you seen what she looked like? No. Uh, I'll send you. I'll show you a picture. Okay. Yeah. Now John Hapana, he says yes, yes. Suicide Squad was a fun movie. Uh, it he was. Will defend DC. Yeah. Thanks, John. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, John Haponik. Uh, he 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 is That's a super villain. Come is, see me at Rock Coco's on Academy Ave, and we'll talk. <laughs> he, he lives in Houston, unfortunately. Oh, you live in Houston? Well, what are you doing in Houston, man? <laughs> well, no. Well, go Oilers. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Texans. I guess no. Uh, Oilers are better. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Texans. Um, well, they almost. Be, they Astros almost aren't be, bad though. They almost beat. They almost don't, beat. Don't don't say it. Just well, don't make me sad. Uh, well, I was gonna say that John Haponic is our resident uh, DCEU apologist, um, and also I was gonna say uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, what I didn't like about it was um, was well, f- first like it was it was haphazard like in terms of like the tone and the pace. You could tell that they were trying to be uh, uh, an, an edgier Guardians of the Galaxy. Even they, they even cut their trailers to kind of match that whole pop pop song type vibe. And whatnot, and it, it came off as trying a little too hard to be cool, too cool for school. Also, the main villain Enchantress was just Enchantress. was just the utterly, most awful pop locking I have yeah, ever seen. Just utterly laughable and, and it, ridiculous. One of the worst. It really looked like they ran out of money at the towards the end of the movie. Yeah, definitely one of the worst villains I've seen in a comic book film. Not just DCEU. Enchantress was just awful. Yeah, I was. I will say yes. I was <clears throat> disappointed with her. Mm-hmm. In that capacity, I did yeah. like. Um, I'm, I know I'm gonna get his name right. Inferno, El Diablo. El Diablo. Oh my! Oh, God. he stole. Yeah, it says. I, I liked his. Yeah. Ca- I liked his character in the movie. Yeah, he 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 really he he stole it because he didn't want his powers. He had them, mm-hmm. 
and then he just came to terms with what he did. Uh, he was he did a really good job. And the thing is that's cool is that it's the suicide spot. Someone's got to die. So that was kind of yeah. orgasm yeah. megadeth. <laughs> See, I told you, Gua. There's there's oh. comics for everybody. I mean, you got comics for kids. You got comics for metal fans. Mm-hmm. You know, Orga- Iron Maiden's got a comic coming out. Uh, Orgasmageddon. Yeah, these guys wear costumes. I mean, they're on stage. I mean, they mm. are a show. Let me tell it you. Okay. It looks like an animated seventies like yeah, it, acid trip. It does remind me of the heavy metal artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was nice. thinking of. So yeah, they're definitely. But that's a real band, mm. and they dress up like that. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Like find if you find a picture of the real band, you'd be like, oh my gosh. I and can't. they go out in public like that. Mm-hmm. They do. Uh, sometimes they do the rock and shock, up in um, Worcester, mm-hmm. and they uh, they've done it a couple yeah, times. I'm, look, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, Kiss meets Vampirella. There's a comic yeah. for you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh Kiss. I remember WCW had an angle with with them. At, uh, the demon. The yeah. yeah. The de- <laughs> Oh my God. I can't even remember who that guy was. Carl's all excited now. Uh, no, because I f- completely forgot all about it. I mean, come on. Yeah. Master P had the No Limit Soldiers in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, WCW. Uh, Where are you now? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You're gone. Yeah. No, they, they have a very lovely archive. <laughs> On the network. On the <laughs> WWE <laughs> network. Yes, they do. Pull everything great until, like, 1990. Yeah, about 99. Yeah, that's that's about right. But w- before David Arquette won the title, <laughs> way before David Arquette won the title. Oh my! Oh God. man! Um, oh, uh, and you mentioned uh, uh, comic book recommendations. Any others uh, yet, yet, yet in mind? Or uh, let me see. Uh, trying to well, I read The Walking Dead, but that's just mm. everyone does that. I haven't um, read The Walking Dead in so long. Mm. I'm probably I'm so behind to like where I'm at. Carl just got his eye shot up. In the comics. Oh, geez. Mm. Yeah, I'm far behind. Wow. No. I'm sure there's like worse villains than Negan like right now. Mm. There, there's there's an art there are an author his name's El Torres, yeah. and he writes really low down on the independent network. Like we're talking like Amigo Comics is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a book called Ghost Wolf, which I mean this is like indie. You know you've got Marvel, DC, Image, IDW, Dark Horse, AfterShock. And then you trickle down to the people that have like one or two titles, mm-hmm. and Amigo has like one, and uh, he's one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish he would hook up with a a, a bigger name. I yeah. don't know if Amigo is his, is his his line, but uh, I really enjoy his work. He's um, Ghost Wolf's like a it's like a Viking type movie, but it's Viking type comic, but it's it's further like past in the past, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's fun. I think. The thing wears like a wolf head, mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 a good good read, um, and he's done a couple other things. This I'm on the second arc. The first arc came out like three or four years ago of Ghost Wolf. This is the next the next storyline, mm-hmm. um, but he's done some things in between, and it's it's usually darker stuff. Um, but he he's a f- he's a joy to read, and I wish he would get his props because he's unknown mm-hmm. by most people. You really, it's one of those guys you go through the previews and you really got to look to find him. Mm. And then my guilty pleasure, I read all superhero stuff and, you know, stories, some horror stuff. No wrong with that. But I do have one that I read uh, for fun. Mm. No brainer. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, see if either of you guys read my Facebook posts. 
Okay. Did you do you? Because I posted it about um, a week ago. Uh, Carl scrambling. No, the, the okay. The last thing I saw that you posted, you went to a Sheila E concert. I did, and she was awesome. I, I okay. front row. I like nice. I like those pictures because I went to see Mars Day in the Time like a month ago. I saw that, and I wanted to go to that, and I was like, musicians are are. I love music. It's like more than I like comics, mm. and some musicians that are just great bring greatness out of other people and Prince I mean I, I love his music he's not one of my favorites I'm a prog rock guy you know I like hard heavy hard heavy metal music mm-hmm. but there are some people I just appreciate yeah. and Prince surrounded himself with some great musicians mm. and Sheila E is a world class drummer who if you know uh, one of my three favorite drummers she is amazing to see her to, to finally get to see her on stage is is was an honor. That's amazing. And it's funny too. Mm. My co- my cousin was at that same concert. Oh, that's cool. Wow, <laughs> nice. Cool. But um, so what were we saying? Oh, so Josie and the Pussycats. Oh. Really, really. It's okay. just what had happened was the comic had come out, and the first issue had like nine, nine issues, nine covers. Mm-hmm. And my daughter is a huge Talking Heads fan, and the, one of the covers had the girls in a dorm room. And they're sort of all different posters on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it, one was the Talking Heads. So I call her and said, Gabby, I got your comic. And at this point, she's starting to slow down reading comics because she's going off to college and she doesn't want to, you know, that commitment. Mm-hmm. But I said, I got your one. I go, just, you'll know why when I, when I give it to you. Mm-hmm. So I gave it to her and she was so excited because it had the Talking Heads. And I was like, the other eight covers, there was a couple that were really cool. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm mm-hmm. going to grab this one. So I read it and it was, it was fun. It was a new version. And then they had some from the old comics way back when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, it's only been like nine or ten issues, but it's fun. It's just my like my guilty pleasure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people are reading Archie; they're they're redoing Archie, making it more serious. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, Riverdale. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. So yeah. so there's a comic for that, but they they are upgrading Archie to today's standards or today's right. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what did you think of Stranger Things? You know what? I didn't watch it. Well, oh. Look at the face on Carl. Oh, I thought I loved it. Mm. Um, I just never got around to doing okay. it. Okay. Mm. My son wants to watch it, so maybe the two of us will kick in and watch it. Oh, mm. please do. Please Sorry. do. Before before October 27th. Okay. Because that's when the new season starts. I've heard that rumor. Oh, yeah. it ain't no rumor. It's true. It, and especially you're a guy from the 80s. Yeah. I heard, it's yeah. It's right up your alley. Yeah. It's many, many it's, homages. It's one of those things I've been meaning to do, but just getting the time to do it. Yeah. And and also too, I had a quick uh, comic book comic recommendation, and I, and I thank you for actually uh, putting me onto this on comic, free comic book day, and it's this uh, Lady Mechanica. Oh, my favorite. Yes, uh, she's she's great. Oh yeah, all three volumes, uh, written and illustrated by uh, Joe Benitez. Yes, uh, fantastic artwork, the steampunk aesthetic. Uh, it's just an awesome character, um, kind of like um, like steampunk slash cybernetics and like mystery adventure with. With Baltimore ending, the story ending, mm-hmm. that's kind of like my new go-to. I'm like, mm. it doesn't come out a lot. So yeah. when it does come out, I get all excited because there are always two covers and they're always beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. the artwork, Victor, you are 100% right. The artwork mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yep. Solid story. If you're into steampunk, that is definitely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And p- you go and to Rakogo, see Jim, and he will put you on. Yeah. He will put you on. Yeah. But uh, thank you. We're about to get into our question of the week. Mm-hmm. Last week's question of the week was name a movie that you were wa- that you watched as a kid that you shouldn't have. 
just shoot one. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I said Carrie in Halloween, the first shot. Um, i never seen the whole Carrie movie, but I saw that one scene, and I'll never forget it. I was mm. probably third grade, so that's probably one I of those movies. I was probably around that age, too, when I saw that scene Carrie. I mean, there's, there's another movie, but I don't want to get my sister in trouble, so we're not going to... I'm not gonna. <laughs> She's grown. Yeah, See well, now I'm curious. My no. mother's up in heaven, and I'm not gonna, get, gonna <laughs> have her roll in the grave, so to speak. <laughs> okay, well, but definitely, I'm, definitely, Carrie. Carrie, mm-hmm. I said. Well, last week I said Jade. Mm-hmm. Still don't know what that movie's about. <laughs> I just know I shouldn't have been watching it. And Species Two. <laughs> Species two, ooh. <laughs> feces two. Species. Oh, I thought you said feces for a minute. It's the same. <laughs> species two, and um, Victor has like a host. So. Oh yeah, like uh, RoboCop, the Alien movies, Alien, Aliens, Alien three. Um, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there were all sorts of movies growing up. I mean, all the horror movies. Yeah. Did you guys Predator? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all excited. There's a new one coming out. Yep. Very excited about that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jane's in it. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm hearing bits and pieces. Have you heard anything about what it's supposed to be about? Um, I th- I think it's a follow-up uh, to Predators, which came out in 2010. No, it's supposed no. to be Predators. Uh, that I love that movie. Hmm. Um, I think it's supposed to be more towards the Schwarzenegger one. Oh, okay. But I, I hear it's supposed to be something about the aliens... The predators and the humans actually fighting together. I don't know what it's against, though. Mm. So I, I don't know. That was one of the things working as a team. Okay. But we had that in Aliens versus Predator. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, enough right. said. Hey, listen. The first one was good. The second one was. <sighs> I liked the. I, all I saw was the first one, and I liked it. The second. And one, I'm a big Sinai Lathan fan. Mm-hmm. The second one, right? You know, sometimes you get that movie or that show where you don't like anybody. Like Star Trek Voyager, like they were lost in space. Good, let them stay lost in space. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's was huh? Was it that bad? I hated it. Oh wow! Uh, it was it was it was so bad they had to kick one of the characters off to bring Jerry Ryan in and put her in a skin tight silver suit for the guys to just keep watching. Oh okay. Chakotay was probably the weakest first officer. Like no spine. Mm-hmm. It was just it was bad. Neelix mm-hmm. was like the poor man's excuse for it was just. Horrible. It mm. came on before WCW and, Saturday Night back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, so, mm-hmm. so now um, you have Aliens versus Predator Requiem, mm. the second one. Yeah, that movie was so bad, and the people, the the, the humans in it, mm. were such an unlikable bunch of people. Mm. When they all get bombed at the end, you're like, yeah, <laughs> wow. it was exciting because they all died. It was a community where nobody cared about them. Like it was, they sucked. Mm. It was just crappy actors. Bad actors, and I was so glad when that movie was. It was such a, but they kind of got screwed by the end of Alien versus Predator with the the Predator coming out, the Alien coming out of the Predator. Mm-hmm. That kind of tied their hands for the second movie because mm. they didn't want like the new directors took over. They they didn't want the hybrid. Yeah. So that kind of screwed them, and they had to kind of really. That's why it's so dark. Mm. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, let me see. Nick Quattrini on Facebook. He says Nick. Yeah, I, I hope I'm saying his name right because he con- he comments a lot. He goes, um, "I think the first movie I ever saw was Clerks. It had came out came out, and a friend of my mom's from work she had it on tape or DVD. I can't remember, but my mom wasn't going to let me watch it. And she convinced she convinced her it was okay, and I got to see it. I never saw the first Clerks. Clerks two now." <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. The, I love Clark's too. The Donkey Show. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Not a fan of Clerks. Sorry. Yeah. I, I understand. And and Memento. You ever seen Memento? Yes. I hated that what? movie. What? Sorry. Bring on the debate. What? Sorry. Bring on the debate. You you hate Christopher Nolan's Memento? I despised it. It's, it's what? two hours of my life I'll never get back. Why? Because it was just the whole tattooing himself and scarring himself. And uh, it just, I suffered through that movie. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, that, that that's a brilliant that's a brilliantly constructed movie. The screenplay that starts from the ending and goes back to the beginning. The clues. Uh, it just, it's he. This is Chris. It was, this is it was painful. Christopher Nolan's number one fan. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm crushed by this. I'm t- I'm, I'm sorry. Do you need a hug? I, I think I do. Okay, I'll give you a hug after the show. Okay. Okay. Not a not a. Just didn't it did wow you know what it's it's like you know some people like like love these movies mm-hmm. so I didn't I rented it I didn't know what to expect I watched mm-hmm. it and when you need a when you need to keep notes about what's going on mm-hmm. there's too much to it and <laughs> I was kind of like it was it was just too it was too much and like Clerks to me was just too Kevin Smith mm. um, for lack of a better term yeah have you seen Clerks too no. Yeah. Watch Clerks too, especially you know I'll send you the clip when they were arguing over between what was the better trilogy between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Okay, hilarious. Okay, but I yeah I just and then you know and then there are movies that you die for that you're so much looking forward to mm-hmm. and then it comes out and you're like oh, shit that sucked. Oh mm. Dark Man. Mm. I was I so remember that. excited for that movie to come out, mm. and I was so excited for it to come out, and it came out, and I saw it on opening night, and I was so disappointed with what I saw. Mm. Utter failure. Terrible mm. movie. I, I, rem- I remember like seeing the commercial for Dark Man, and I was just kind of like, okay, and that was it. I n- I did not draw any type of like interest in seeing it. Terrible, mm. terrible, terrible. Okay. Kyle Chapman, he's a he's he's why I always call the most diabolical hater this side of the Mississippi. He just he hates. <laughs> so his he's he has three. It, the original it. So he says f that clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basic instinct. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> And Showgirls, I watched it. He said he watched it a few times. Wow. I'm just saying. Showgirls, boy. Mm-mm-mm. You know, uh, that, that did wonders for her career. Yeah. <laughs> it ended her career, but boy, people don't stop talking about her. It's, it's, yep. And then Eddie O.T. says, Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And let me see. On Instagram. Okay. Excuse the names because these are hilarious sometimes. Thundertongue four forty one said Pet Cemetery. Ten months old. My mom said I laughed through the whole movie. <laughs> That's actually my cousin. Shout out to my cousin Alyssa. Mm. Afton, she says she can't pinpoint just one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jessica Concussion says Pretty Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Tattoos by Dre said Robocop, Terminator 2, Total Recall. Basically, really good R-rated movies. Yeah, I, I find that like most Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, 
you can watch them the first time and they're kind of fun. And then mm-hmm. after that, you're kind of like. Even Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Yeah. I, I liked mm-hmm. I liked The Running Man. Mm-hmm. And I like Predator. Those are the ones I can watch over and over again mm-hmm. after that. Really? Not Terminator 2? Because oh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so sick of I'll Be Back. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of like. It was it was it was a great movie, mm-hmm. but it's like one of those I don't need to see it again. Nah. So in and then John Aponic says, "Jaws, I was scared to swim in a pool after that." <laughs> yeah. Looking back, Jaws was so cheesy, but like the story was just like because that scene on the boat yeah. when they're 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 drunk and they're talking mm-hmm. yeah, about their wounds that was great. My favorite line from that movie wasn't wasn't you need a bigger boat. It was when he was going with um, Brody was taking uh, Richard Dreyfus out, and they were on the boat, mm-hmm. and they're talking, and he goes something about living on an island, and he goes, "It's only an island when you look at it from the water," mm-hmm. and Richard Dreyfus goes, "Well, that makes a lot of sense, but it does." And it, to me, that was such a perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that was such a great line in that movie yeah. that people forget about. Jaws mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite movies. I could watch that movie seven days a week and not oh. get sick of it. Oh yeah. All right. So this week's question of the week, which I'm, I have to break this down and just put it in strictly nerd culture. Okay. Who has the most annoying fan base? Hmm. Most annoying fan base. Well, this is what I got to think of because like, I, I have an answer for that, but it's not, sport, it's not within nerd culture. Um, You're talking sports? One sports, another one, and in music. Hmm. I mean, you can... I knew somebody was going to say the Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead. Yep. I, I, mm. No, I disagree. I think the New England Patriot fans are the worst fans yes. ever. Bump I mean, it. Screw, screw them. Screw the just nerd culture. Screw bringing that down. The wor- Ever. The worst fan bases. And I would call them Tom Brady fans. Oh, he's even going to step They're up not him. New England Patriot fans. They are Tom Brady fans. They claim themselves mm-hmm. as New England Patriot fans, mm-hmm. but they never watch a game before 2001. Mm. And then the other one, the Beehive. Uh, Beyonce, Beyonce fans. fans. Mm. It's like a, it's like a they look for people to talk bad about Beyonce just so they can go off. I mean, there was one story. There was one story where Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, I'm being called such a hater. <laughs> um, there was one story where Beyonce was performing, and she sneezed on stage, and the whole entire or the whole entire crowd said, "Bless you." <laughs> yeah, it's like a cult of personality. Imagine if she fought it. <laughs> okay. Like. Mm. Um, well, Afton O'Neill says video game fans as annoying as an annoying fan base. It depends on which game. You got to break those down. Um, now, now, Jim, you you were saying something about the Patriots fans. I I thought I feel like you had more to say. Well, well, I'm not a I'm not a Patriot fan at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just had this conversation with someone earlier today, Mm -hmm. and it, it basically, you know. I grew up when you couldn't watch Patriot games on TV because they sucked so bad. No one went to the games. No (laughs) one cared. And Mm. then all of a sudden they started getting good. And then all of a sudden everybody's telling me they're a lifelong Patriot fan. (laughs) 
They so, cannot. I bet you none of them, without Googling, can tell you who was the starting quarterback before Bledsoe. So I yeah. always ask that question. I can never get an answer. Right. Mm. And uh, so, so to me, that kind of is that. And I, I'll leave the Patriots out of that after this. I don't want to waste my time talking about okay. that dead horse. Yeah. Um, I do find that um, cosplayers. Really? I, I don't know if you call them a fan base, but cosplayers, mm. I, I'm not a fan of cosplayers. They want to do it, do it. I'm fine with that. But having gone to conventions and stuff like that, I think the conventions, some of them have gotten better, giving them mm. their spot to go. But when mm. these people are walking around conventions with their, their Holly Quinn big, big hammers mm-hmm. or, or swords, even yeah. though they're fake or, or wings or whatever, yeah. there are people behind you. They're walking. And I, you know, you, granted, yeah, you paid to get in. A lot of them don't spend any money, don't buy anything in there. They're mm. there to show off their hard work, which is fine. That's great. And the conventions that put them in a spot where they can showcase that, mm. that's great. But if you're set up at a table and someone is standing in front of you blocking people from seeing you, mm-hmm. that one person that might come by that might be interested in your what you're selling doesn't see it mm. because this cosplay, they stop on a dime to take pictures. Mm. I mean, you bump into people. I mean, the, some of these costumes are so extravagant. So I think that, that that's kind of a... And I know people are going to hate me for it. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't do it, and I don't care if people do it. Do it. I just think that sometimes... They're not thinking about other people. Oh, I often mm. said manga fans. Hmm. Well, that uh, that might be. And then there was another one. She said she said Trump followers, <laughs> but we're let's not. We yeah. can't. Get no that. politics, please. No, yes. No. Um. Uh. Hmm. I mean, I would say like annoying fan bases. I can't pinpoint one specifically, but I would say the the types of like the types of nerd like hardcore nerds who are very snobbish with their with their nerdiness in, in the sense that they're very snobbish about how much they know about say Star Trek or Star Wars and like even that even now to like the most obscure and esoteric facts that no casual fan would know. And then if you if they notice that you don't know as much as they as as they do, they'll they'll turn it around like, oh well you must not be a real fan or they'll kind of imply it they may not say it outright, but they might imply it by the way they speak to you and, and whatnot. That kind of like nerd elitism, I don't really care for. Yeah, because it, it's not inclusive. It's more, it's so, not inclusive so at all. So, what are your takes on the Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory, you know, I, I I've seen a I've seen a few episodes, and um, to quote a, a, com- a comedian that I listen to uh, from now, now and again, Bill Burr. He, he describes he perfectly describes the Big Bang Theory as nerd blackface, <laughs> and what he meant by what he meant by that was like Big Bang Theory is, is not really a representation of nerds per se or nerd culture. It's like a caricature of what like executives think nerds are. Yeah, and it, and it, it kind of like it's kind of like the Ouroboros, like the snake that eats its own tail, where it's like okay, this is like a, a fake impression of what executives think nerds are an over exaggeration of it yeah and then like people who aren't nerds look at that and go oh that must be how nerds are and to the point where real nerds be like, are like okay that's a re- that rep- that really represents what what our culture is and it's not really the case yeah it, it's kind of like 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 an, an inception level of fakeness if you will i often just said star wars fans um some i i will say like that that, that goes back to uh the elitist uh some elitist uh, uh fans of the group especially um uh 
apologists of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Yeah, those can be a little irksome. Yeah. You own the prequel trilogy. Uh, it 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 come it came in a box set. It has the greatest lightsaber fight of all time. What would that be? Darth Maul. I'm sorry. Uh, it's you can't hate Darth Maul. I, 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 Darth I, Maul against Kiguan and Obi Wan. That <sighs> was just. That was like, dude, man. The the only thing that came out of those prequels were the lightsaber fights because mm. the ones with Luke and and. Uh, Oh, Darth Vader? We're too clanky and clunky. And then the, the, in the last episode that came out, they looked too shoddy. Like too, they, they, they looked like they weren't comfortable. The mm. actors didn't look comfortable with what they were doing. Hmm. I, I, I would have to disagree. Like, like the, the, the original trilogy and, and Force Awakens, I thought they, they had, their lightsaber battles were more meaningful because the characters, you know, had all that story behind them and the, de- and the character development. Like you cared about them, so it wasn't so much about like the the fight itself, but the but drama behind it. I cared about Darth it. Maul. Darth Maul lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need, I, I did. We I, need I, more I, Darth Maul. I did well. like Yoda's fight. Yeah. Just because I was like, oh snap, Yoda's actually fighting. Oh, okay. Well, I can never watch it again. I mean, I thought, you know. Until I have my bad movie day. I mean, looking back. But, ba- Carl, Yoda's life matters, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say, looking back, that Yoda fight was poor. I mean, because. I'm cause, sure looking back at it, I'll look at it like I like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Well, well, I mean, because Yoda is so powerful, he doesn't need lightsabers. He can just explode your brain with his mind if he wanted to using the force sure you're the biggest listen you're the biggest star wars fan and i am just that when i saw it at the time i'm like oh snap yoda's fighting that's cool and now i'm just like all right yeah. Yoda fight. yeah at that time i thought it was cool yeah uh, agree to disagree and uh sure. at- and, and and for the record, uh, afternoon Neil, uh, she said that she loves the Big Bang Theory. Um, to that, I say uh, my grandmother loves the Big Bang Theory. Uh, we watch it; it's a staple in our house. But um, hmm. Oh, I, I, I was I was gonna say. Well, we just have to agree to disagree. I was gonna say get your lives, but okay. <laughs> I just think there's a point. Like I think they make comic book fans look bad. You're right; it is a caricature. Mm-hmm. There are some. I like to see some of the. You know the comics they have at the shop and stuff like that, but I think there are there are things that make them look bad. But mm-hmm. then in turn, you know you've got Leonard who gets the babe, and and Bernadette's not a bad looking lady either. So mm-hmm. you know two of the three of them end up with you know hot looking women. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like for nerds, it's like a battle cry. Mm-hmm. But again, it is a caricature, and you're right. Yeah. Well, that was it. You can be, uh, that um, our question of the week will be on our uh, social medias probably within a day or two. Jim, thank you, thank well, you my so pleasure. much for coming. Thank out. you for having me. Yeah, Hellion yeah. returns. That's what we should name it. Yes, Hellion returns. Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll name that episode that. <laughs> I'll be back. Oh yeah, there you go. I'll bring the kid with me. No, oh, that'll be awesome. If I can get him, I w- you know I would love to see you and Trevor work on a project together. I would mm. too. Eventually, he's taking an advanced art class. Awesome. school that he got referred to so he's he's pretty excited about that oh mm. that's awesome uh, that kid has yeah. so much potential he's already good now but his potential is like duty and mm. 
Absolutely. And and also uh, for our uh, fine listeners in the Rhode Island area, you can catch Hellion uh, issues one through four at Rococo's in Providence. So check it out. And oh, and big shout outs to Afton, too. She was a guest a couple of weeks ago. She bought us a couple of gifts. I got me some Game of Thrones socks. Mm-hmm. And then Vader got. Well, Vader got his uh, Darth Vader mug, uh, Pop Funko uh, nice. landing. So look. So thank you, Afton, for the for the fine gift. Thank you very much. And uh, yes, uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you for joining us on Facebook Live and listening, and uh, for for more comics talk. Thank you to the lovely chat on Facebook Live. Uh, catch us next week for episode ninety two. We really almost at a hundred. Yeah, we're almost at a hundred. And you don't look a day over ninety four. Hey, <laughs> black doom crack. Indeed. Uh, so yes, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the flip. Peace Later. out, nerds. See ya.